Hello, Chomp Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Chompcast. The Chompcast is the official podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will hear a rap on your door. You will pause your game and open your bedroom door. Your mother will be waiting and say, Honey, it's time to stop playing video games and get some chores done around the house. You will groan and say, But Mom, I'm almost finished with the last level. She will have an empathetic but stern look on her face as she responds, I know, but the game is not going anywhere. You will think you have outwitted her as you say, Neither will the chores. She will smirk as she retorts, Aw, you think that's funny, you little crybaby bitch. Well, now I'm taking your gaming system away and I'm going to sell it to someone who will listen to their mother. Then I'm going to take your money and take your dad and me out for a nice dinner. I'm going to send you to your grandparents for the night. So when we come home, the house is empty. Then your father is going to lay on the bed. And I'm going to ride his big, fat... You will scream, Mom, stop, I'll go do the chores right now, please, for the love of Yahweh, just stop. We have an interesting show this week. That story's hilarious. (laughs) My mom is dead. (laughs) My my mom, I don't know where my mom's at. My Uh, my mom's not dead. I feel bad leaving it at that. (laughs) I was I was pulling from childhood memories there. Well, half, the first half, the second half was no. Not just real. the second half is when you're pulling <laughs> exclusively. Now we have an interesting show this week. China has implemented a strict ban on gaming for under 18 year olds. Three hours a week, one hour on Fridays, on Saturdays, and on Sundays. How is that going to impact the gaming landscape? Is it something to worry about? We will read the comments left by you, the fans, on the Instagram as well. We will also be discussing games such as More Psychonauts 2, Dodgeball Academia, Splitgate, and Hypercharge Unboxed. We will be discussing the Patreon question and the social media polls this week, such as games showing their influences, the Dead Space livestream, Have You Played Psychonauts 2? Interest in Tales of Arise... Blastoise being added to Pokemon Unite, gaming and crossover branding, and last but not least, Ted Lasso. So much content to get to today, but let's start off with the intros. Today, I have with me the editor. The city of Unor- the U- Unork, the city of New York has New been New York City. With- <laughs> Unork City it has been dealing with some flooding recently. And it's not because of climate change. No. This man has been hit in the streets recently, showing off his progress of losing weight and becoming more fit. The flooding is from being wrung out of women's panties everywhere as they scream, Rich Meister! Rich Meister! How are you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Um, Stre- uh, honestly, busy fucking week. Stressing me out a little bit, but here's a crazy thing. Uh, a little earlier today, I went to a movie theater for the first time in two fucking years today. Yikers, how was it? It was good. I was literally the person I went with and I were the only ones in it. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's so great. It was it was awesome. It was at 11 a.m. matinee. <laughs> did you go watch Shang-Chi? Is that I what did. you watched? I did. Is that and how you it- pronounce it? Shang-Chi? Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was fucking awesome. I gotta tell you, like... 
Marvel has this sort of knack now for being like, this is the type of movie we're going to make for this character because this is what makes sense. Mm. On top of it being a Marvel film and building off what Marvel is doing, which it does all that well, it's a good kung fu movie. It's a really good kung fu movie. Some of, some some of the people in our Discord were talking about how if this is the new phase, like the next phase of Marvel, they're on board because it was such a good movie. It so was I, really I really great. want to sit down and watch it. Really, really solid movie um, that, that goes to interesting places and just, like, builds to a fucking awesome third act. That's awesome, dude. That's exciting. Yeah, I... I, I don't know anything about Shang-Chi, but I really want to watch a movie just because I haven't watched a good kung fu movie in a while. And, and I, I was thinking about that. And it seems with, like, again, being a great kung fu movie also, but this is kind of the illusion so we were getting from a lot of what the Mar- the next Marvel phase titles are and what they're building towards. It seems like much how with the Thanos stuff they were implementing some classic characters and then building to a cosmic threat. They're leaning a lot more on the supernatural side of the Marvel Universe this time around. So, like, magic and and spirits and things like that. And it goes to some really cool places. Yeah, it's. I think that's kind of, like, an interesting subject matter, too. Because that makes a lot more sense when you consider some Eastern cultures like Japan, Korea, uh, China. That a lot of, a lot of their mythology and their, their history, their, their stories, their lore has to center around or centers a lot more around I think magic and whatnot. So it's and, it's kinda cool to see Yeah when that happens. And it's cool to see Marvel kind of embracing that with this new um, movie and hopefully with this next phase. Well, and that's just it. A lot of the projects they have announced lean on, like, the supernatural side of the Marvel Universe is fascinating. You have characters like Shang-Chi, you have Iron Fist, who is, uh, you know, we could see happen again eventually if they kind of soft reboot that, because that show was not great. Um, we already have Doctor Strange, who's clearly going to be a big part of the next phases going forward. Um, I, you know, there are rumors we're going to see stuff from Ghost Rider again, uh, Moon Knight is going to be a Disney Plus show, and Moon Knight deals a lot with Egyptian gods and like lending powers from the Egyptian gods of death. Khonshu, uh, the god of the moon, is a big part. The Egyptian god of the moon is a big part of the Moon Knight mythos. Um, mm. And that's Moon Knight is one of my favorite Marvel characters ever. I, I cannot wait for that show. That's dope. And was Ghost Rider the one that Nick Cage did? Yes, like back in two thousand six. Um, Ghost Rider, another one of my favorite Marvel characters. That initial Ghost Rider movie, not great, uh, bad, uh, I should say. The second one, a little bit better. Um, I forgot that there was a second one. The second one is a little bit better, and it's one of those movies where it kind of tried to ignore a lot of the first one, but also didn't redo Origins just to kind of hit the ground running, and it's better. Um, Still not great, but Mm. that character has some great stories, and namely... I think they're trying to build out uh, a lot of that stuff. If you saw it, like, uh, recently, actually, they announced uh, a Fire Axis, the XCOM guys, are making a Marvel game called Marvel Midnight Suns. Um, oh, I didn't see that. Tra- it looks great, for one, but traditionally, the Midnight Suns are a Marvel team that is comprised of characters like Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, The Punisher, Wolverine, and it is, like, the darker, more supernatural side of the MCU uh, Marvel threats that they deal with. That's exciting, man. Like, I, I don't know much about this kind of stuff, but when I hear other people excited and talking about it, it kind of gets me, gives me secondhand excitement, mm-hmm, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, yeah, That's, I mean, if it sucks that you have to brave a movie theater to do it, but uh, Shang-Chi is, is great. I'm not going to tell you to rush out because I think they already said, like, come 
like November or something. It'll be on Disney Plus, and you can just watch it in your house if you want to wait till then. I don't blame you. Wait, wait till then. But it's it's a cool movie. I, I'm gonna wait until then. Like I miss movie theaters now that I don't have like we haven't had access to them. I miss them more than I thought I would. I think that was what drove me more than anything. I was like, I really want to go to a movie theater again. And I almost did it for Black Widow. I think Black Widow would have been a good one, and this one I would would've. imagine would be a good one as well. But I after. Uh, Man, that that Delta variant be raging and having it once was enough, dude. Like, uh, yeah, not to get back into that conversation that yeah. we had last week, but yeah, I but I, 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 I did feel so much better when those lights dimmed that I realized we were still the only people in the theater. That yeah, that would make me feel a lot better, and I think that would probably make, in some ways, probably the staff who are not like in the managerial side of it feel better as well. And that is part of the reason I went for an 11 a.m. showing, which is the movie theater's first showing of the day. Because I was like, Saturday might be a little bit busy, but less people are going to the movie theaters, and even less people are going to be like, time to wake up and shower at 9 o'clock in the morning to make sure I get to this movie on time. Right, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool, dude. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, you had a good week then. So far, and, uh, you know, I got the next three days off because of Labor Day, so let's keep It's only going to get better from here. Hopefully. Got lots of games to play, but we'll get into that soon. Yeah. I'm glad you're here, man. All right. I told you that the intro was going to be weird and crazy, and it already has been, but here we go. It's going to be even Oh, we haven't gotten there yet? <laughs> oh, we were partway there, but this is the end of the weirdness. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's the most Japanese I've ever spoken on this podcast. Do you know what I said at all? I have no idea. <laughs> I said, I am an American living in Japan. Um, people call me the white devil. My name is Shay Layton. Let's go. Or nice to meet you, basically. Nobody calls me the white devil here, by the way. I just I, I, joke I do. Or, well, you're here in Japan. Oh, okay. Or at least I don't know if they do. That's your uh, face. <laughs> I, I I joke around sometimes and like uh when I'm walking with a Japanese friend and like we'll see like children like stare at me cuz I'm tall and I'm and I'm foreigner or we'll see like adults kind of get out of my way and shit and some I tell some of my Japanese friends they think I'm a white devil. And that's why they move like that, and so that, that was the joke. I, I but, have um, to joke about the white devil connotation at this point, because now for when, whenever I feel uncomfortable, and I've done this for years with Ray particularly, I'll tell Ray, like, but Ray, it's our duty to bring them Christianity. <laughs> Dude, I... Uh, not to get on that too <laughs> much, but like on a, so on a side note, I did not realize how pervasive... Mm, pervasive is probably a rude word. How... Uh, how... how What's the word I want to use? I don't know the word I want to use. Basically, Christianity is freaking everywhere, man. Like, I do these um, country of the month uh, fact sheets on my English board for my students, and I've been trying to re research some really unheard of countries or very not often heard of countries. And a lot of, I end up doing a lot of um, countries from Africa, from Oceania, sure. from South America, and a lot of them 
are so predominantly Christian, and it's kind of crazy to me that I, I would um, think Christianity has the most missionaries of like any religion in the world. Probably that's why, and they go to these underdeveloped places and just push christianity and it literally like it's disgusting it is like that whole fucking like white man's burden thing like it's gross yeah i yeah i don't want to offend anyone who's religious um or christian but i will say that like to me it was astounding that um that christianity is that prevalent or is that that huge in some of these smaller nations yeah no, and no. i won't say underdeveloped or anything like that just these smaller ones yeah yeah no that that's fair it was probably the wrong wording but what i mean by that like in the sense that it's gross is like you have you have your beliefs and you believe strongly and that that's something that's good for you i have no problem with that what i mean i always feel like bigger organized the bigger organized side of religion like there's always some kind of weird malicious intent and financial gain to be had from those things. And that's, that's the part that rubs me the wrong fucking way. Well, yeah. And like, I, th- I think it'd be fair. Like we'll get off this in a second. Sorry to any listeners who are like, get to the fucking games. Um, what I, it's kind of funny to me because like you have people who want others to be respectful of preaching religion and stuff like that. And then I'm not going to say that all all religious people are doing this. That's not what I'm trying to say. But then you have like this stuff with the masks and then you have the stuff with the vaccines and then you have stuff with like climate change. Like it's 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 a it's a hard and difficult line to toe of when you're trying to share what you believe with somebody else. And when you're trying to when you start pushing it on them and you become too pushy and obviously it's going to be up to each individual, both the person telling and the both the person listening. Um but yeah, I, I think that Christianity, if you look at history, is kind of an extreme, egregious example of that. And I think that's about as far as I'm willing to say, since yeah, we're a video game fair. podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I will agree with you in in some regards. I do think it is gross as well. Today, our, our guest is Father O'Leary from the Church of. <laughs> I, I wish I could do an Irish accent. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. The There's thing like- with. No, my, that's my, not yeah, my, yeah it's not like my try. impression when i found out colin farrell was almost batman and i was like we should have got him like i'm the batman and i'm gonna get in me batmobile and i'm gonna shoot you mr freeze because i'm a dark knight that would be amazing but he also he does a really good american accent I, but i don't want him to do it no no we want we need an irish batman we need it what do you think you're doing here penguin you're going to arkham <laughs> but uh my week was good uh ish i got my first dose of the vaccine um i know i probably shouldn't have done that because like you're supposed i think you're supposed to wait a little while after you get covid to get the vaccine 45 minutes i was like nope i'm gonna go get i'm just gonna go get the vaccine and uh i got my first dose it it felt like a lesser version of getting covid for 24 hours and then i was i was relatively okay um after that I was, it was kind of rough, um, that first day, like I got it in that morning. I was like jazzed. I was feeling good. And about midday, about one, 2 PM, I started feeling, um, a little bit exhausted and I got a headache and my arm was hurting. And then the next day I woke up and I just was exhausted. I, um, thankfully didn't have any classes to teach that day. So I, I could rest and, you know, get myself back up to speed. Next day, I was good to go. Shay Layton, no class. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't have any class. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, being back at work this week after my summer vacation was unfortunate. Uh, one, and the reason why I say that is because I have a ton of anxiety right now, actually going back to, to teach because I don't want to get COVID again. Um, I think that's fair. It sucked. And like, I think one of the things that a lot of people consider is like, as children are, have been going back to school in the U S um, they've always been going to school here in Japan in a, in a limited capacity, but in the U S uh, children are going back to school. And I know there are a lot of reports of children getting COVID and stuff like that. And, um, I know a lot of parents are like, well, these children need to be, you know, getting that social interaction and whatnot. And I don't disagree, but what do you think? I've been dropping a lot of did pe- die, did die. <laughs> One of one of the things I think that people aren't considering is the teachers and how much anxiety that they have. A um, few teachers this week at one of my schools, and I will not be more descriptive than that, have gotten COVID this week already. And we just <laughs> yeah, that's, started. That's, that's crazy, man. That's nuts. And I I work in an elementary school, so I have kids running up to me the first day giving me hugs telling me that they miss me, wanting to hold my hand. And the second that they're done doing that, I'm running back to the teacher's room. I'm scrubbing my hands using uh, disinfectant just because I'm like, I had so much anxiety being that back that first day. Um, and you guys aren't the only ones that are hurt. I live across the street from a high school and all of a sudden there's no parking again. I've had it good for two years. <laughs> Damn, Rich. I feel bad for you. But no, like one of the things is like, I understand parents and what where they're coming from, but I just hope that they think about it from the teacher's angle too. Like, they have thirty or so kids, however many kids that they have in the classroom every day, and if one of those parents isn't being safe, gives COVID to their child unknowingly, brings it to that teacher, man, it's just like yeah, it, it fucks things up. You know, it really does. Yeah. So, um, even like if it, it, from so many angles, and this isn't me being preachy. I, I'm just saying I hope people out there have a little bit more compassion and understanding for, for um, everybody regarding this because uh, I know a lot of people are like, no mass, no vaccines, but I hope that those people can be more understanding of <laughs> other people. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I want to go on a big rant, but I know we're a video game podcast. We need to get to the video games. I'm feeling good right now. It only took 20 played- minutes. <laughs> let's take 20 now uh i'm feeling good right now played some video games yesterday feeling great i'm happy to see rich i'm happy to be here josh is not going to be here again this week he just got to his new home um he was unpacking as of two days ago i'm sure he still is unpacking settling in yeah hopefully he'll be set up by in time to do this show next week but uh yeah it's it's gonna be a process obviously we knew we knew this when he he had to move that uh you know, it, it's it's a process. We don't expect them to just start with boxes around them. Shit, shit's got to get done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you got to get the feng shui. You got to get everything set up. The audio's got to be good. I, Josh, being who he is, I know things got to be perfect before he's ready to go. So you got to burn some sage, get the ghosts out. That's right. <laughs> That's appropriating. Uh, My sister did that at her house, and she tells me this yesterday. She's like, "Yeah, the kids keep saying they see they see people." So I burned some sage in the house. I'm like, I think they're just fucking with you. I would. 
If I was a child, that's exactly I think, what I would I do. think those three-year-olds are like taking you for a fucking ride, talking about the man in the mirror. It's what you get for taking the game system away, selling it, and then fucking dad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You that's bring the backstory. Back <laughs> the, the backstory. But no, let's get into the topic of the show. So this is, uh, I'm sure people have seen this. Uh, it's been dominating uh, publications and the news because obviously... There isn't anything better to talk about, I guess. But China has implemented a strict ban on gaming for under 18-year-olds, as I said in the intro. Um, Three hours a week, and that's it. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one hour, and that is all the gaming that they can do, uh, pretty much. And I wanted to mention a couple of facts right up top, and then Rich and I can get into it. And this gives you just a little bit more context. And I'll, I'll probably have some comments on this if you miss it because I did I did some research on this to As kind of I, give yeah. some perspective about like these rules along with what the gaming climate is already like in China and what was already in place. Right, same, same. So this is what I saw, and Rich, you can you know add anything on. I'll kind of pause and give you some additional and whatnot. Uh, in 2019, National Press and Publication Administration, or the NPPA, and this is in China, restricted play to 90 PP. minutes on weekdays and three hours on weekends. Uh, so there was already a pretty strict implementation in place, and what's recently been announced is just a further tightening of that. Yeah, it's not that dramatic of a change, honestly. Like, when you have that perspective, it's actually not even that big of a change. I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean... Yeah, no, no. It's not no change, but it's less significant than I thought when you think about the restrictions that are already in place. Yeah, it's like it's not going from zero restrictions to Fort Knox of restrictions, but yeah, it's still a pretty drastic one, but yeah, not as severe as I would have thought. NetEase, which is uh, a big mobile gaming company in China, their stocks dropped 3.4% after the news broke. And Tencent numbers also dropped about the same number or per same percentage, but have climbed up back up since then. And um, the reason why this took place is largely because many of the parents were complaining. Um, and they said, our children are not focusing on being social. They're not focusing on what they're supposed to be doing. We need f- stricter um, implementation of rules. And so the NPPA obliged. And that's kind of where China is at now. Um, sure. So uh, I, w- I wanted to approach this topic because at first I was like, well, that's ridiculous. Uh, that was my initial thought process. Yeah. And then Until I you realized, do a little bit more digging. Well, and then I was like, you know what? I, I, that's, that's unfair. I live in Japan, which is a completely different culture. And there are things here that I initially thought were ridiculous that now I love and I appreciate and I need to start being more open-minded. So I wanted to kind of have us discuss this, say, like have our initial thoughts on it. Yeah. Is this important? What kind of what kind of um, words? I am just forgetting words today. I'm sorry. Again, still dealing with a little bit of brain fog from COVID, so I'm sorry if this happens from time to time. Um, Rich, you can edit those in post. I, I'm sure uh, I won't. <laughs> Um, I completely forgot what I was gonna say, but um, can I can I just say while you're while you're stalled there, um, one thing I definitely wanted to get across was in my research I found you kind of need to have some context for what the gaming climate is like in China because it's very different than the U.S. Um, in terms of who gamers are and what 
people initially think of when they think about video games that are played massively. Um, because the population of adults playing video games is significantly different. And also, even from children to adults, the kind of games being played are significantly different. Um, when you think of video games in China, in, in like the public's eye, it's not as much like big $60 AAA titles. It's pretty much like mobile games and free-to-play gotcha stuff like, um, God, what uh, Genshin Impact and games like that. And that's where a lot of the restrictions come from because a lot of them are these like free-to-play gambling fucking addiction games. Like a, a lot of them are the nickel and dime um, microtransaction feeding free-to-play thing. So the gaming market is a lot different and, and a lot of the earlier restrictions were about trying to limit people spending a lot of money on games like these. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big thing there is it's a lot more more mobile gaming. It's a lot more of like the battle royale kind of stuff. All that kind of like quick like that that is the bulk of the market there. Yeah, and it's not to say that other games and other genres aren't popular there. Actually, there had been some recent uh news reportings of some companies opening up in China trying to get more gaming happening there and like these studios opening up so it's kind of it's kind of interesting that this news dropped a few few days or a few weeks after that news dropped but um yeah I it's interesting to think about this this these restrictions because thinking about it for me um as a child when my parents were getting a divorce and they went through a pretty rocky divorce that gaming was one of my big outlets. And you were like, that, yay, that like two one- Christmases. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> not not worth it. But <laughs> not at all. I I always went to gaming when things were hardest, you know. I Of course, I played a lot of sports in junior high school. and high school, I did extracurriculars. But when I left and I went home and I didn't want to deal with the shit that was going on, where else could I escape to? You know, if, if my, my parents wouldn't let me leave my, my house, then it's like, okay, well I got gaming. That's what I have. And so that's, that's the big way I coped with a lot of what was happening in my life. And, uh, even as an adult, sometimes, you know, this week was really hard for me. So yesterday, uh, I decided to just veg out on my couch and play Psychonauts too. And I, I still have certain, certain times in my life where, I revert, or I, I shouldn't say revert. I go to gaming to kind of help me out. It's like stress or, or other very, <laughs> other various things. And taking that, like, granted, there are other things you can do. And I'm sure some people think that there are other more constructive things you can do, more worthwhile things you can do. And that's that. I'm not here to argue that. To take away something that could be an escape for people to help them cope with what's going on in their life is unfortunate it, it really is um and i i just look at it from that angle from a personal perspective yeah and, and i think that's fair because like you said how is that any different from like i feel like shit i just want to lay in bed and watch movies or watch tv all day like you ha- you have days like that but beyond like the tightening of the reins here like i get it because a lot of this stuff was put into effect to try and and it's not an all-encompassing issue so not everyone's going to feel the same about that is 
a lot of it from the research I did was about trying to like stop these sort of predatory uh, microtransaction fueled games um, yeah. from just like encompassing all of people's lives. Um, and the tightening of the reins was to you know help children focus in school and all that. Take that for what you will, but it, there's no cure all. This is not an easy problem to deal with. No, no, it's not. I. I mean, there there's so many things that do make sense to some degree about this um, this rule tightening, such as, like you're saying, as like addiction or predator. You didn't say addiction, but like I'm saying, you, we kind of hinted at it. Addiction yeah. in, in gaming, um, microtransaction stuff, development of the brain. Like if your culture is focusing on certain aspects, I'm not here to say certain cultures and what they focus on is good or bad but i will say that if if what if certain extracurriculars go against that then sure um i can understand i don't agree but i understand why this could possibly posit this restriction could possibly positively influence that yeah they're putting rule tightening in new york now we're only allowed to do heroin on the weekends oh that, that makes sense good it's, idea it sucks <laughs> it's the worst. And I was like, but, we have all for Labor Day. Does that count? And they're like, no. <laughs> well, actually, and that's something that China has. Like on national holidays, they can play one hour on national holidays as well with this new strict ban. I just think about, you know, pushing. Actually, before I go into that, do you like, have any personal thoughts on it? Like how it, like what you thought when you first saw it or anything like um, that? I mean, initial impressions, I think, were similar to yours where I was like, that's silly. <laughs> And then I dig, dug a little more deeply into it. It was like, eh, maybe not so much, but also this is not a black and white issue. It's really, really hard to get a grasp on and, and think about what the right decision is. Dude, yeah, like thinking back to junior high school where everything was like pretty black and white with our, our developing minds. I remember there's this girl in sixth grade, and this is when Bush and Gore were running for office. And I was dating this girl, and her friend come, came up to me and said, who, you, who would you vote for, Bush or Gore? And I was like, I don't know. Bush, I guess. And like, I, I didn't know anything about politics, and I didn't pay attention. Yeah. Um, I didn't know who, I didn't know when I heard the name Gore. I was like, I don't know who that is. I'll just say Bush because I know the name Bush. And um, the, the girl who was relaying messages for my girlfriend at the time said, Well, your girlfriend is voting for Gore and she doesn't want to be with somebody who isn't going to vote for Gore. And I was like, I, was like, I don't care. Vote. <laughs> but like, that's how black and white things were as, as yeah. a child. But obviously now all issues are, um, gray. I think almost all, almost all, I should say, uh, there, mm -hmm. there are certain ones not, but let's get yeah, into that. I, I like, <laughs> 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 but pu pushing a little bit further out into my own away from my own personal thoughts i started to think about what this could affect how could this affect gaming in general how could this affect other things and one of the things i obviously first thought about was the stock market and companies and their stock in general and i was curious to see how that would affect certain companies obviously as i mentioned 
in the the kind of intro of this topic, NetEase has suffered a little bit. Tencent suffered a little bit, but has jumped back up. And we had, we've been talking about this in a, a little bit in our Discord with some of our patrons. But uh, one of our one of our buddies, Justin, was mentioning that uh, advertisement is not that not as big for gaming as you would think it is. And I don't. He said I don't think this is going to affect. Um the numbers as much because it's underage gamers or yeah underage quote-unquote gamers and Mm -hmm. this article that i read had mentioned that players under 16 in china only account for 2.6 percent of gross gaming receipts so what that means is basically yeah they're going to be losing a little bit of money but not as much as you'd think so it was interesting to see that i thought that the stock market would be affected much more than that but and also that plays into kind of what I was saying earlier when like the idea of mobile gaming, not to say it doesn't have any presence in other countries or in the US in particular, but like the amount of adults who were playing some kind of free to play, even some kind of gotcha thing on their phones like daily is much larger. And, and I mean, I, I think we still see a lot of that in the US, but like it seems that the numbers of people the number of people who are playing those things actively and actively spending money on them is a lot higher yeah i you know it's interesting to consider that to consider that and i think that goes into a bit of a different topic entirely but we're going to we're just going to kind of come to the entryway of that other topic is that i think a lot of people think that children were just going to if they have access to their their parents credit card that they're just going to blow all this money and certainly there are certain cases of that my little brothers in the past have done that a little bit actually um funny funny but i think that yeah adults are definitely more susceptible to this kind of behavior because of the level of stress that they have whether it's from their daily life whether gotta it's get from, that dopamine hit yeah well it's that yeah that or just like not wanting to deal with the stresses of life, dealing with like the the masks and the vaccines and the climate change and Afghanistan and all this shit. Like, and then you take the weight of that and you're like, I don't want to deal with real life for a moment. Let me get lost in this mobile game or this easy to play game. Oh, there's a microtransaction that would get me a cool skin. Fuck it. At least I can control how cool I look in a game and I can look cool, calm and composed in this game versus real life. And then you yeah. go down a hole. I think adults are definitely more susceptible. <laughs> People being rich, no. Um, so I could see that the the numbers kind of speak to that in some regards. I'm not saying For that sure. from a scientific standpoint or anything like that. Just if I try and logic in my own logic, it kind of makes sense. Surely. Surely, surely, surely. Yeah. So then we say, okay, well, the stock's not going to be that affected but they're going to be a little bit affected well what else could be affected and one of the things i thought about and i'll be curious to hear your thoughts about it, is esports um well, electronic sports yes as as some people call it that's is what i that, call it i need to check my electronic mail <laughs> electronic <laughs> i need to check the world wide web for the answer to that okay question. so the address is www https colon now two slashes. Is it the backslash? Or that's the backslash. It's a backslash. Right? Yeah, two backslashes. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, it's definitely going to affect esports in some regards, especially for China, because kind of like with football, uh, soccer, 
is that you want to start at an early age, obviously. There are professionals in the BPL or the British Premier League that start out there as early as 17, 16, 17, 18. Like, it's possible. And for esports, the earlier you, the earlier you train and start, the better because of reactionary times and um, all, all those kind of things, those micro choices that you have to make it's better when you're younger when you get older unfortunately those things start waning uh they they aren't as crisp and clear so esports really is unfortunately a young person's game by restricting gaming to these few of hours for younger people that they are not going to be able to be china at least is not going to be able to be as competitive Yo, in video Chi- gaming. China's League of Legends team is going to suck. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Finally, um, we got them. <laughs> it took it took them taking themselves down for us to beat them. And no, like, you, like, you, you forgot about Korea. Damn it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on like the esports angle? I don't know. I actually didn't consider that, mostly because esports still feel too new for me to be thinking about that. Um, I would guarantee you it's, like, at the very back end of the mind of the Chinese government. Like, I, I do really think they'd be like a who fucking cares kind of kind of thing. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how much they were looking into that as a real thing, also just because of the state of gaming there. Whereas it, it's funny because then other countries like Korea that are really gung-ho about that um, and, like, building stadiums and stuff for it. Uh, exactly. And you could potentially see China change its tune in a few years if, if that stuff keeps growing at the rate it's growing at. I mean, I, th- I think it's already at that point to say, look, we can make a lot of money doing this, especially if they get out and ahead of it. I mean, there's there's so much money that can be made right now. I mean, granted, because the pandemic and whatnot, people have been going outdoors a little bit more because some stuff has been lax that Twitch has taken a bit of a hit. But if you look at Twitch growth over the past few years, it's massive. And if you look at esports commerce and whatnot, I don't know the exact numbers, but I've known that there's been a, I know that there's a decent amount of growth there. To get out, like, it doesn't make sense to me in some regards that China wouldn't want to get ahead on that. They, they, they always seek to get ahead on most things. Esports, I I feel like would be one of those things, but I again I'm not from a, a communist nation, so I don't understand the ideology completely of the of yeah of the higher ups. It's hard to say, right? Um, exactly, but I yeah I just think that they're I think esports is going to become massive, even more so than it already is, and I think this is kind of it, I obviously it's not as big of a concern for them. But eventually, if they end up wanting to get into it, it's going to take them a while. I had an, I had an esports idea, if I can briefly segue. Okay. Um, I want Capcom to make a competitive Ace Attorney game. <laughs> and make okay. that esport. How, how, how does that become competitive? Well, one person... Uh, <laughs> has to represent the like the defendant and one person's the prosecutor <laughs> and you have to try and win the court case and then there'd be commentators over this game of ace attorney they're like here's a taz butthole 69 with the objection let's see what kind of evidence he presents <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna tell you right now testifying 
whether you're a prosecute or you're the defendant or you're the prosecutor, what not prosecutor, plaintiff. Yeah. Not as fun as it sounds. It is, I'm, but you're playing Ace Attorney. Oh, okay, okay. Our teams so have thirty minutes to explore the crime scene, and then we'll bring this baby to trial. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you head that up, I will support you, Rich. Mentally. Great. It's gonna and be emotional, gonna, not gonna, with money, but I was going to be a big, <laughs> not with our money, but yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely not with the money. Great. So you're saying you. I can have the company car. <laughs> I wish we had a company car. Wouldn't that be great? What kind of, co- well, yeah. What kind of company car would, what, what car would it be rich if we had a company car? Um, it would be a Fiat 500. <laughs> gross. Just tiny I think it'd be gross looking. It, this doesn't fit our personalities at all, but I've always wanted a Jeep Wrangler. I've always wanted a Jeep Wrangler as well. Oh, that so I think that's going to be our company car. Okay. So like when we're off roading, like so impractical. This is like completely impractical. Off road with Sword Chomp, Sword Chomp Gaming, and it would it would be like the weirdest looking car ever because it would be like white and purple and neon blue and red, like yeah. and. For for the purposes of this fantasy, I'm driving. We're off roading, and. You're just like whoa, like like freaking out in the commercial, and Josh is in the back just playing a PS5. But then we this fucking sucks. This haptic uh, feedback sucks. We pull up, and uh, I do the like Jurassic Park Sam Neil thing to Josh, where I grab his head and I turn it, and he turns, and it's just uh, Shigeru Miyamoto just like standing there waving. (laughs) I love this. I love this fantasy. I want it. I want it so badly right now. (laughs) <laughs> but all right let's get back on topic before yeah we, we really lost ourselves there no nah, hey it happens um so yeah esports is going to be interesting to see if china ends up kind of reversing this to want to get into esports as it becomes more popular so then i was trying to think about other angles that i could think about this and i was thinking about um and it kind of kind of involves involves both of those is jobs and the job market because gaming is such a growing market right now that uh i i don't know how that would influence china i don't have enough research done on this unfortunately but with the growing population there because there is a big growing population that it would to me it it makes sense that if gaming is growing esports is growing that you'd want to get into it because then that also generates more jobs and more income into the market but like any industry sure yeah so i it's it's unfortunate too because i'm sure you know all thoughts aside about the chinese government and what what they're doing and whatnot with various things that there certainly are going to be creative people that come from china that probably have ideas that will never ever be realized or actualized because right now gaming is kind of being suppressed in some ways yeah you, i mean you might you might be right about that it, it's so hard to say like there's so many factors that play into things like that um yeah. and that's that's the fucking danger of anything really um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah I, who knows like maybe someone will come out of that and be like i was restricted for three hours a week for years and as soon as they become an adult they're just going to do nothing but and game the, the weird thing is like it's really difficult for me to say one way or the other yet yes this is good yes this is bad because like i don't live in china i don't have an experience of day-to-day life or how this would affect day-to-day life there 
I don't I don't have that perspective, and I think that's such a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, we can only theorize being on the outside looking in. Um, yeah, that is a big thing. One of the other things I kind of thought about with this topic is looking at it from the angle of how it could influence other countries, other nations, other societies by China doing this. I, I, I certainly think that there's going to be some level of influence there because, you know, obviously the U.S. has a lot of influence over the world in, in certain areas, for better or worse. Sure. China is also another one of those countries, for better or worse, that has a lot of influence over what happens. And looking at this, it's going to be interesting because um, in the past, there have been certain publications that, in China that have called gaming spiritual opium or electronic drugs or e-drugs, if, uh, if you're... If you're keen to shorten that. That's not what e-drugs are like. I've seen that episode of Batman Beyond. <laughs> I've seen Black Mirror, okay? But I I certainly don't think it's going to have a huge influence on other societies and cultures. But I also think that there are going to be some that look at this and kind of say, I wonder what's the, what the outcome is going to be. Because we think about just like 10 years ago, in the U.S., there was this huge battle with parents going, and this was more so in California than anywhere else, that were pushing against gaming, saying games are too violent, games are what's causing these these white men to go out and commit mass murder with guns and like all this sort of stuff. And gaming was being blamed for all of this. And we've kind of see this seen this play out in the U.S. And there's still fervor about that. There's still people blaming that on those kind of mass shootings or social social ineptitude on gaming and now they're going to be emboldened because they're going to say one of the biggest countries in the world is restricting this yeah right do you like do you think do you think that that is going to be kind of emboldening other people or do you think that i'm just kind of being a little bit i think you might be overthinking it um I, I don't I, I honestly don't know. I, I, I don't know what other nations would try and follow suit on this. Um I like I don't think this is something that would hold ground in the US, in the US, for example, just because the idea that the government wants to tell us what kind of media we can consume would not fucking fly with anyone in any party, you know what I mean? Like it's right. an easy thing to get riled up about and people in the United States would absolutely get like and, and I think coming from that perspective, rightfully so, um, I, I don't think there's a non-existent inherent danger there. Like, it's something to kind of keep an eye on, but I, I, don't, I, I, I can't see that flying anywhere else. Not, a, not an impossibility. There are other nations that might look at that. And also, I think China, the massive size of China's population is a big factor in it as well. Yeah, that's true. What about, what about like local areas in the u.s adopting that do you think that's possible even, even less likely than it happening at a federal area uh than it happening at a federal level i think okay interesting yeah i honestly i don't think it's a big worry but it's something to consider like we'll see what happens but yeah i i don't really i don't really worry about it i don't think that other people should be worried about it so much but 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting kind of quote unquote social experiment for China to be doing, I guess. Um, sure. It's and it's really easy to judge. Uh, that and that's say, true like, of that, most things. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say that because obviously we come from a society, a culture that says there's no, well, <laughs> can't say that anymore. Uh, that largely doesn't restrict what we read, view, or watch. I mean, there, there are starting to be bans on books that have been happening over the past five or so years that still blows my fucking mind. But oh, it's absolutely um, silly. Yeah, yeah. Let's read some listener comments uh, on the Instagram, unless you have anything else major that you wanted to mention. I No, I don't think so. I think we, we covered the big stuff. Like It's a very open-ended topic. It's hard to definitively really draw a conclusion on it but I, th- I think i think it was a good conversation right i and like the point of this conversation wasn't to kind of come to any conclusion it isn't to well, what the fuck are we doing here i don't know i don't know um i don't know what that was <laughs> i it was it was weird we're not trying to come to any conclusion we're not trying to say think think about it from this way or don't think about this like like it's good or it's bad nothing like that we're just trying to explore and think about it from different angles just because it's a part of gaming and it's it's something that i'm sure is gonna pop up again here in a few years when china has done it long enough to like say things about it and it's 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 an interesting what if kind of thing being played out right now you know like what if this were to happen? I wonder what would happen. Well, wh- this is kind of one of those situations, so it's kind yeah. of fun to talk about in some ways. It's going to be the season finale of Marvel's What If. <laughs> right, exactly. But anyway, so every two or excuse me, every Thursday on the Swordchomp Instagram at Swordchomp, you can comment on the topics of the show, and we love to read comments on the show. Uh, I posted this one, and I was curious to hear what people had to say. Um, the first, the the first thought, uh, or excuse me, the first comment I'm going to read was a little bit of a polarizing one. It was from Ethabni uh, had posted, or maybe we can talk about China's concentration camps. And um, yeah, I <laughs> we have briefly mentioned on the show our feelings about um, the situation with Hong Kong and the situation with the Uyghur people. Uh, we we try and kind of keep that stuff out of the conversation as much as possible just because we are a gaming site and yeah, we are a gaming the, the stuff we talk about like yeah right and i i mean i think it kind of falls in line with this like we're not necessarily qualified to comment on the gaming culture in china but it's fun because there's no big major implication from that whereas talking about what happened with hong kong and what happened with the Uyghur which i people, think we can all agree is bad yeah, I mean, it's these are things that are still happening. They aren't things that have gone away. Um, I, I, I can't remember the term for it. I know there's a it's not false equivalency, but yeah, it, it false equivalency would be would be accurate, I guess. But no, I, no, I see the point. I see the point. Like, yeah, there there are bigger issues than this in China. Massively bigger issues than this in China. Yes, but you can all and like this is one thing I learned in college when I. Um, was researching and doing biology is you can think about more than one major issue. Yes, it may cause more anxiety and stress, but I can be cognizant and aware of, yes, there are the, 
the Uyghur people, the Uyghur people are going through very heinous stuff. But I can also think about this other issue as well. You know, like there's enough brain capacity here for me to worry about multiple issues. So, yeah, yeah. What, um, 100%. Like it's for me, I, I don't even want to get into false equivalency stuff because I have those conversations with relatives like 30 times a day. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I get, I get the sentiment. I also, you know, I don't entirely agree with this commenter, uh, Etha Nee's entire. No, but, but, but I get, I get where they're coming from. I get where they're I coming do from. I don't I do think, too. I don't think they're coming from a bad place at all. No, no. So, uh, Bebop, our good buddy, said, I've seen a lot of hot takes on this, and listen, I'm going to be real blunt about this. This is authoritarian bullshit. There's no way to sugarcoat this. I read the Kotaku article saying my take is wrong and blah, blah, blah. But the point that article tries making, saying that this is an agency that's dedicated to just gaming, completely misses the point that it is a federal agency. No matter which way you slice it, the government, no matter which government it is, should never have this level of control over its citizens. This is ridiculous. Um, I and the thing is, I agree with him. Like being coming from the U.S. Um, if you're looking at it as a cut and dry issue, yeah, absolutely. But yes, but I, I also, think the point to take in is, is something you said earlier of like the people were asking for this. That's exactly what I was going to say. Many of the parents were asking for this, and so. It isn't just the government, you know, being like, hey, hey, fuck you, everyone. A lot of the parents were asking for it. And the Chinese government and this agency, the NPPA, obliged. So it isn't just the government, you know, requesting this. But I, I also, you know, again, I, me being who I am, I agree that I don't think that the government should have should this have level that, of regulation. Yeah. But outside looking in. Uh, yes. Tawny S., a good buddy of ours, said, The wording used by the state news was way too harsh, labeling it electronic drugs. But I think there is a point to be made from kids gaming entire days on end and developing unhealthy gaming habits. And this, I will completely agree with. Um, just simply of the fact that he said unhealthy habits. You know, I, I definitely... I've had moments in my gaming um, hobby where I just spent days on end gaming, not doing anything, shirking responsibility because I didn't, I just didn't want to. And I've, I have in the past developed unhealthy habits with gaming. I've since, I think for the most part, rectified that and I've learned to balance those things a lot better, having more experience in my life. But yeah, I, I see where Tawny is coming from saying that like you know anybody is susceptible to unhealthy habits with gaming like anything else trying to make sure that they instill those values whether or not we agree or disagree with them the government is trying to instill those values and there's something to be said about unhealthy gaming sure yeah whether or not you dis or whether or not you agree with it uh, J JT Ruiz, Justin, who I mentioned earlier um, in the Discord, said, While this is pretty wild news to hear, the majority of players over in China are adults. Some analyst estimates say that only 5% of 10 cents sales are from players under 18. If that is the case, 
this shouldn't impact sales all too much. The law could have more long-term repercussions than we expect, like changing gaming overall habits. And that is something that I didn't want to mention because I knew he had commented on it. Yes, I think the long-term implications are going to be bigger if they stick with this this uh, implementation in the long term. Absolutely is going to affect gaming. Uh, because obviously the people who are playing those Tencent and NetEase gaming or games are going to get older. And if you're weaning them off of it now, then those companies are only going to suffer as those people get older. Yeah, Not entirely, but I think that's going to be part of it. Obviously, we talked about the esports and the commerce aspect of it as well. So, Are there any other like long-term financial imp- impacts that you could see, Rich? Off the top of your head, um, I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. Um, the way the way their gaming market is probably not. The only thing I could see is um, maybe having let the, some of these kids be less interested as they get older because they've just sort of formed those habits early, and it no longer holds as, as much of an interest to them. But that's that's a case by case basis, and that's really hard to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they kind of backtrack due to financial aspects. Kelly A. Maturo Eating. Amaturo Eating. Amaturo Eating. Got it. Said, yay, now I won't get my ass kicked as much when I get off work and hop on Apex Legends. <laughs> that's the spirit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, maybe that's the level of worry that we need to have about this. Um, Kyle literally said the first reason anyone should care is how this is going to impact the kids in China who are going to have their hobby essentially stripped from them and the long-term emotional strife taking something away that can have on a person during their formative years. Then we can talk about money and industry and how the ripples will impact outside cultures and businesses. And yeah, I, I get, I get the point there. I get the sentiment. Um, Albeit a little bit <laughs> strict in the writing there, but um, yeah, a- absolutely. I think that that's why I th- I wanted to mention kind of my personal take on it first. Um, maybe I should have had a more personal approach with it um, when I posted about it on Instagram. I wanted it just to be more broad so people could take all angles and aspects from it. But yeah, I mean the development of. Um, children and how they cope and their their mental capacities and whatnot a lot of a lot of people are going to be affected by that there unfortunately and i think that's probably one of the biggest issues that i personally see with this um growing up needing gaming so sure yeah i um do like do you you feel like that's probably do you agree with this commenter that this is probably the biggest and should be the foremost concern. Yeah, it very very well could be because uh, I, I got to tell you that would have been fucking stressful as hell on me um, as a kid who like kind of found escape in that stuff. And I had, it wasn't even something I was really thinking too much about, but that is a good point. Um, and and the it, yeah, that that's something you're not going to see an immediate return on. That's that's something you're going to see uh, years later. So that that is definitely something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shit Ain't Real actually kind of had a somewhat similar comment, a very long comment, so bear with me. Given the socioeconomic climate in China, China, 
the overcrowding, the horrible totalitarian government, the minimal space in which to have recreational activities and hobbies, and the general welfare of the public, its environmental footprint, and multiple sketchy allies, I think the last thing the federal government in China should wor be worrying about is kids playing games. Just another way to put cogs in the machine. Fuck this. And on a second note, video games can be a safe space or coping mechanism for children who need to escape from their everyday life. It's like telling them to not build a model, write a story, or draw a picture. All of which I wouldn't be surprised if they are probably equally as chastised by the Chinese government. I wouldn't be surprised. And it was kind of funny that he mentioned that because literally the day after I posted about this, I read an article about uh, the Chinese government also putting a ban, ban on quote-unquote sissy men on TV. And that is primarily in reference to the K-pop and the J-pop idols who are putting makeup on. Really? Who are, yes, yes. So TV oh programs can ban that. On their that, TV pro, that's pro insane. their channels. Um, an another thing, th this was a another thought I was having, kind of along with that. One of the things they cite in a lot of those articles about the the ban is them saying that uh, kids aren't socializing enough. For a lot of kids, this is how they socialize. Yep. Um, especially coming out of a pandemic, uh, games even more so for me during the pandemic as an adult were a big part of the way I socialized. Yep. This is one thing I'm going to say, and this is where I'm going to put my teacher hat on for a second. You know, I've been a teacher for five years now. There are different ways to socialize. And to say that people aren't socializing enough, that's not descriptive enough. That's like me saying uh, people aren't speaking enough. In which way? Like there are different ways to speak. There are presentation style. There are conversation style. There's writing. There's all sorts of ways to communicate and speak, quote unquote. Yeah socializing is such a broad term and i think a lot of people like to use that blanket statement not realizing what they're actually saying because there are ways that, that just like there are different ways people learn there are different ways people socialize right um and that, that's one of the things that i've really been keyed into being a teacher for the past five years there are students who are more and we all know this there are students who are more introverted who will communicate up to a certain amount, and then they need to go back and do their own thing. I have students that during at my elementary school, when it's break time between classes, some, some of them just all gather together and they're all focusing on one thing that someone's doing and they're all talking and having fun. And then there are some students that just sit at their desk and write or they read or they draw or they do whatever the hell they're doing. And it doesn't mean that they don't want to socialize. That means that they've hit their capacity. And they want to socialize in different ways. Some students socialize better when it's a more structured environment. Um, some students are more creative or they are more imaginative or they are more outgoing. There are so many different ways to socialize. And I, I think that was a very incredibly ignorant statement to say. And it is for anyone who says... Uh, video games prevent people from socializing. Well, there are different ways. And it's yeah. you, you very much spoke to that. You play games with people, and that's part of your way of socializing. We talk about video games. That's part of my way of socializing. That's how totally. I get my social interaction every week in some way, is talking about video games with you and Josh and our Discord and, and Ray and, and anyone, anyone else. And anyone on the subway who will listen. 
Yeah, I'm like, hey, anybody play that new Psychonauts 2? And then, like, get away from me, you freak. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what happens. But, I mean, to go back to Shit Ain't Real's comment, I, it, it's kind of like the, the opposite of what I said earlier when the person had mentioned, uh, excuse me, Eth Abney had mentioned we can talk about China's concentration camps. It's similar in that regard that, like, Shit Ain't Real is saying there are bigger things that china can be focusing on right now than these things and they're clearly they're clearly not the lack of human rights issues that are being addressed there is appalling but um not not to get on that topic too much yeah it's kind of it's kind of sickening to me that i i mean if i'm going to take a stance which i will hear now that china is regulating this this stringently and then also the the sissy men thing really pissed me off oh, a lot such terrible fucking wording too like one it's gross that you're doing that and it's abysmal to me that you found it in the grossest way to say it imaginable i mean they're they're yeah they're essentially suppressing uh uh different styles different types of men on top of that in some ways this is going to come back on lgbtq stuff and yeah uh, again oh, it, yeah no no that's like regardless yeah. of the sexual orientation of the types of people they're talking about, like, that is the implication of, like, we don't want to see that. Like, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. I, and that's that's as far as we'll go into into that, because obviously we still want to keep it on, about gaming. Yeah, and that's, but, a whole, uh, that's a whole other fucking conversation. Yeah, the Shit Ain't Real's second note is very similar to um, what Kyle literally was saying, that there... <laughs> There's so many different things derived from gaming and how it affects everybody positively, and it's just unfortunate. It just really to, is. to focus on the negatives or what they perceive to be the negatives. Exactly. Exactly. The last comment I'm going to read today is from Z Kitzo. said, I like games, but people need to learn to actually live life again. Every kid wants to be a gamer or a YouTuber slash Twitch famous person. Got stupid and got no real sk- life skills to survive. With that, with that said, I don't think the state should decide should decide this. It should be the parents. They need to take control over their kids. Uh, the the first part I take umbrage with because it's a very old man yells at cloud energy. It, yes, that first part. And you know what? Allow I I will I will not attack them. I will just simply say that we have parlayed this into so many skills like i've taken i've learned so many skills from playing video games and doing a podcast and doing twitch um excuse me i apologize you can edit that out excuse me well, think about one. it <laughs> please think think hard i parlayed this adventure into so many different skills i've learned about advertising i've learned about um being social on social media i've learned how to edit audio i've learned how to interview people i've learned so many other skills on top of that like i could go through a long list um owning a business in video gaming and marketing yourself in video gaming there's so many aspects that i can take and transfer anywhere now i could get a job in many different fields now because i've done that for we've done that for as long as we have to say that there are no skills is unfortunately i don't agree with it um but i mean i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna say your your opinion is wrong i could also understand if it's just a person sitting in their 
house every day playing video games and doing nothing with it, then yes. I mean, if that's and, if that's, and I, I do I do agree with the fact that like yeah these these issues are better in the the as a sort of blanket statement I would agree that I, I think it's better to solve solve these issues internally. Like if a parent thinks it's a problem, then they need to have that conversation with their child and figure out a solution that makes sense. That is that is the the part I do very much and absolutely agree with is that I granted we don't know again outside looking in. We don't know what the parents are dealing with over there. We don't know what they've tried over there. But all uh, many parents kind of going to the government saying, you need to regulate this. It's like, you're the parent. Just like you wouldn't want another parent to parent your child. Why are you wanting the government to parent your child? Why aren't you? Winnie doing- the Pooh needs to tell our kids what to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, so that's a good joke that for everyone. Statement very much, but um, I think we're gonna leave it there. If uh, if you ever want to comment on the topic of the show, again, we'd love to read your comments. We don't think any less of anybody for anything that they say. Um, we just want we just want to look at it from different angles and kind of you know pose our different thought processes to thought processes to each other and not necessarily come to a conclusion just think about it from a different angle so again every thursday at the sword chomp instagram at sword chomp you can comment we are going to take a quick commercial break we are going to top off our fluids while we excrete fluids and rich is going to go peel off the 10th panty that's been thrown at his window and we will be right back It's me, Dom, here to tell you about the new Champion After Dark episodes. Shay and Rich recorded a three-part series about me, Dom, and the One Ring. Yes, we talked about the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and give me the One Ring, my precious. Hey, we're back. Thank you so much for waiting for us while we took a break. But we're going to talk about some video games right now. Rich gushed about Psychonauts 2, but didn't want to gush too heavily because he knew that I hadn't played it yet. I'm back this week, having played, I don't know how much how much of it I've played. Can I, I played ask a decent amount. What, what area you were in? <sighs> Last night, I got I to gotta remember because I was kind of playing as, as I was fighting off sleep. I believe the la- I was doing. Uh, what's what's the main crazy guy's name? I forget his name off the top of my uh, head. The main crazy guy. He's uh, like the one of the creators of the Psychonauts. Zanato. Is he is he one of the crazy guys that? Um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. out of his head. Oh, okay, okay. I apologize for that. Um, fuck. Now his name is actually escape. Uh, fuck. This is gonna bother me. It's okay. Anyways, I was you have to do like three separate little brain entries 
on him. I, I think I had just finished the second one last night. Okay, yeah, you have to do his split personalities. I'm looking up his name because it's bothering me that it's now escaped. Uh, it's okay. My brain. It's okay. I'm going to push forward while keep Keep pushing. I, I need to know his name because it's going to bother the shit out it's of me. It's not Dodd, is it? It's not. It is not that. Okay. okay. Um, but anyways, I was... You know, yesterday I had a. I woke Ford Cruller. Ford Cruller is who you're thinking of. There you go. He, he there is go. one That's... of the original, uh, the Psychic Six, one of the founders. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I had a headache yesterday. I had a, you know, I was tired this week. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a day to myself and play some video games. I initially was going to boot up Pokemon Unite and like check out Blastoise. But I was like, you know what? I need to play some Psychonauts. I need to get that under my belt for Rich. So... Yesterday, I sat down and, you know, booted it up, was immediately enamored with the the opening movie, which I rarely watch opening movies. I usually skip them, but I watched this one and I, I loved it. Just kind of filling you in on information of what happened from the first Psychonauts. I love the humor and the whimsy of it. Popping into the game, I was surprisingly sold right off the bat. The music... Um, the story, the humor, even the, um, the kind of silly animation, I was really into it and I was immediately transported back to like gaming in the nineties and the early two thousands in the best way possible. Uh, obviously because the first one was created in 2005, was it? Is that? Yeah. And you know, you know, what's crazy is Psychonauts has kind of come full circle in a lot of ways. Um, because that game was originally supposed to be an original Xbox exclusive, but that changed at the last minute. And uh, now Microsoft, Microsoft owns Double Fine. Um, there you go. So there is, a, there is a PS4 version of Psychonauts 2, because that was promised back during the fig days. But you'll notice there is not a PS5 version, um, because if there's a Psychonauts 3, it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. Well, I, at this point, I hope there's a Psychonauts 3, but I, I haven't finished the story, so I can't speak to that yet. I, yeah, I just, in the best way possible, was transported back to a previous era of gaming, and I, I've i loved it so far. I The story is phenomenal, and I love how they have interspersed FMVs to kind of take you through the story. It doesn't feel overdone. It doesn't feel overbearing. You, you want to be involved with what's kind of going on and- in the story. I think a big part of that is all the characters are so great um, from like all the people at Psychonauts HQ to uh, Raz's family. Yeah. Um, and and a, a get a good like play on that whole thing is like, where do we go from here? Like one of the early bits, which you've obviously seen at this point uh, when you get there and you get accepted into the intern program, um, Fort Crawler, who you were talking about earlier tor- towards the end of the first Psychonauts, you know, he tells, uh, <laughs> Raz, like he's like you're an honorary psychonaut now. So like Raz gets there, he's like I'm a psychonaut. He's like they're like that crazy old man doesn't have the authority to make you a psychonaut. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And he has to kind of start from the bottom, and like he rises pretty quickly, which is Mm -hmm. interesting. So um, the story has been so good, it really has. Um, I was telling Rich before we started this episode, we're gonna be doing a chomping after dark on that story because it's phenomenal. It's the way the way it's written, it's very compelling, and it keeps it light, despite kind of the subject matter that's going on in there, which isn't it isn't super heavy, but they are approaching mental health in a really cool way. The first game did did a lot of that too, and I think this one handles it even better to get you into the minds of people who are dealing with certain issues and 
I it is a collectathon at its heart and I think a very good one. Um, and I've always loved some of the collectibles in there. Like one of the collectibles that was present in the first one and this one is you need to find tags and sort people's emotional baggage, mm. um, which is you know anthropomorphized as, as literal baggage with eyes and stuff. It's it's uh, Psychonauts has such a flair to it. Yeah, I yeah I like that, and I like how the enemies are all named after various mental health ailments. I really like that a lot. Like, you're fighting doubt, which is an enemy, or you're fighting judgment, which is another enemy. I really like that, and I actually... I've talked about this game a few times in the past. There's a game called Privates. It was supposed to be on Xbox. It was uh, canceled being on there because of its, its uh, content being quote-unquote too graphic uh it's a game where you play as a group of soldiers fighting off stds and viruses mm-hmm. uh, ended up becoming free uh to play the the developer still released it i could see a lot of influence in how they approach their subject matter coming from psychonauts because like the enemies that you fight in that game are all named after stds and viruses so i believe that I'm willing to bet that the first Psychonauts had some influence on privates. More than likely. And uh, the enemies just get more interesting as you get in, which is a big improvement on the first game because I felt like there were too many repeated enemies in the original game, and this expands on that in a great way. You probably haven't encountered... I don't know if you've encountered one of these yet. One of my favorite enemy types is um, a bad mood, um, Mm -mm. which will appear. And bad moods are handled differently than any enemy type because you cannot hurt a bad mood until you discover what's causing it and destroy that first that's dope cool yeah there there are some very creative enemies in this game um that the one the one knock i have on the enemy so far is uh the sensor enemy yeah that there are three different types and i'm tired of fighting them already they're like the mini versions. It was mostly that in the first game, and that's the and I think they they sparse it as they introduce more enemy types. There's less and less of just oh more sensors. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm already tired of the sensors at this point. Um, but they're easy kills as well. They are the as fodder. You level up, and to like loop back on the collectathon topic. Yes, it it felt kind of like a Lego game to me in some ways in that. Like, when you go into the headquarters, the Psychonauts headquarters, and the atrium specifically, um, every time you enter there, there are little purple smoky wisps. And you want to you wanna interact with those because then you gain currency to upgrade your character. You gain currency to upgrade Raz. On top of that, there are cards to collect. There are little helmets with cards circling around them to collect. There are hidden items that are for a scavenger hunt side mission to collect. There are a lot of things to collect. It isn't a bad thing because I'm very much the type of person that loves to collect. It is the Banjo-Kazooie DNA of Psychonauts. The first one was that as well. And I I think it is like those games are around so not as often anymore. Like they used to be such a thing. I I don't have the fatigue for that stuff. I kind of used to have. So I, I very much like kept going for everything because i'm just that's, enjoying it it's cathartic that's exactly how i felt and on top of that the thing that psychonauts 2 does that a lot of games kind of suffered from back in the day when collectathons were in their heyday is that it directly impacts your character everything you collect minus the purple currency upgrades your character in some way and there so is stuff collect- 
to get for the others, like that that uh, scavenger hunt side quest you talked about. Yeah. Um, if you complete that, you get Raz's original clothes from the first game back. Yeah, like it's stuff like that, which is really really cool. Um, I I've not felt fatigued by the the collecting. The only thing I've been frustrated about, and it's the same thing that uh, Josh and Bebop and I talked about in in an upcoming Chomping After Dark episode, which will be releasing here shortly, is that um, when you don't have an ability and you see stuff and you're like, oh, shit, I want to get that. And that you're so into the collecting yeah. and you want to finish an area, but you can't because you don't have certain skills yet. Uh, I think that's probably been the only frustrating part about the collecting is I see things, I want to get to them, I can't get them quite yet. I, there, that my one, one of my bigger knocks is probably that I wish that stuff was signposted better. Like even something as simple as like you try it once or twice, and Raz being like, "I don't think I can get there right now. I should come back later." Like, I, yeah, it's that simple. because he does that stuff a lot already. As you start getting more items and abilities, he starts vis- uh, verbally cueing you in on some of that stuff. Like you'll be, you'll get this item that basically detects lost voices and you'll be walking and then he'll say i think oh, the, i hear the, a voice the, the thought finder to find stray yeah. thoughts yeah yes stray thoughts sorry not lost voice stray thought and then that cues you in to pull the item out and look for a stray thought they had the sensibilities to include a lot of that stuff in there but they didn't for like rich is saying signposting when you can't get certain items i wish they would have like Rich is saying, done a little bit better with that. It's not the end of the world, but it does. No, it's it, it's a little bit annoying because I stayed in that first level. Um, I stayed inside Lobato's head for a long time, uh, trying to get stuff. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm I went with the mental cue for me of, and I told you this ahead of time just so you would know of having played the first game, being like, uh, you the first game lets you go back to levels. I'm sure this one will do the same. Um. Mm. I want to talk about briefly when we were talking about the story. We'll get into this more on the chopping after dark, but I, I think it is one of the best parts of the story for me, and it's pretty early on. Uh, I won't get into specifics, but at one point, in order to sort of make things go the way him and the other kids want, Raz basically changes the thought process of someone against their will. And the way this game handles mental health, I was wondering if they were just going to brush that under the rug, and they don't at all, and I really like the way they handle it. Because yep. Sa- Sasha Nine, who was an important character in the first game, like has a talk with Raz about it. Everywhere. He's like, you need to understand that what you did is 100% not okay. And they're telling me, like the person you changed, that it's okay and that they understand. And that they're going to move on from it and they think you've learned your lesson. But I don't think you have. And I want to stress that to you, that what you did is not okay. Yeah, yeah. I really, like, I'm glad you looped back around to that because that's something that, yeah, I had forgotten to mention. Um, while also not wanting to get too much on the story yeah. yet, but yeah, I I agree that they really do have a great handle on the mental health stuff. Even at the very beginning, when you first boot up the game, they give you a warning saying like, "We're depicting some stuff in this game. Um, we're not trying to offend or hurt anybody. We're trying to do it in a fun and lighthearted way, but also have the sensibilities around those mental health issues and those illnesses." Um, that particular sequence that you're talking about, yeah, was so expertly handled. And it's it's crazy to me because there are going to be a lot of people that write off certain games because they're children's games or they seem childish. But this game is approaching a lot of deeper subjects in a very whimsical way. Um, 
and I, I, this, that, which the one you mentioned is very much one of those. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that they were willing to go there. One of, one of the main reasons I actually can't, um, wait to do the chopping after dark with you. And I can't wait to have the conversation with you when you get there. Um, there is a sort of twist towards the end of this game in the sort of whodunit mystery of it all. And I did not see it coming at all. And it's really good. <laughs> I, well, I, I'm curious too, because like, yeah, that's one of the, one of the things is like the very basis of the story is basically there's an evil enemy that's coming back and there's a mole within the, the psychonauts and you're spending a large part of your time trying to figure all this out. And I've been trying to piece it together in my mind, like who I think it is. And I, I just kind of, I, I don't think you'll see it coming. And also it, for anyone who's interested, uh, psychonauts. And then there's psychonauts in the rhombus of ruin, which was a VR game that came out like a year or two years ago. Um, this game literally psychonauts in the rhombus of ruin literally takes place. The moment psychonauts ends, this game literally takes place. The moment in the rhombus of ruin ends, um, if you don't have access to VR, I'd recommend just watching a YouTube video of Rhombus of Ruin. It's very short, and it is a very simple... Th- this game opens up with you transporting uh, Zanato back to the mother uh, the, the mother brain, the uh, Psychonauts headquarters, mm. and uh, the mother lobe, I'm sorry. And yeah, the, um, lobe. the entirety of the, the concept of Rhombus of Ruin is Raz, Lily, and the Psychonauts are going to get Zanato, who has been kidnapped by Dr. Lobato. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I One thing I really want to mention here, and I want to stress this, I always want to stress this whenever possible, the voice acting in this game is phenom- phenomenal. Um, Great I performances not, all around. Yes, I've not been annoyed by a single character. They've all been endearing. They're all different sounding enough to where they stand out. So that's been great. Um, another thing I want to mention is the music in this game is so so good did you do the jack black level yet not yet not yet it's so good oh man the music is just like it's very very nostalgic in the best way possible this has really been the year of nostalgia for music as a lot of people have been going back to pop punk and 80s music uh this feels like lifted from like straight from the 90s there's like jazz and there's just this like adventure music and it reminds me of like some of the 90s playstation 1 games i've played it reminds me of uh gravity rush 2 in some ways granted that game came out in 2016 but still yeah the music is so fucking good dude it's great it's a great soundtrack i have not checked actually to see if it's on spotify nor have i but we should find out i'm gonna find out right now but the music like i'm gonna say right now that it's probably pretty damn close to being um my <laughs> contender for best music this year yeah i i would say so I, I have to say when you're talking about the uh the great voice performances i want to point out some of the like just the pure writing and delivery on some of these like voice lines is fantastic one of my favorite little tidbits you can miss is um there's a bowling alley in the mother lobe mm. um and i went to talk to coach oleander there which you know Slight spoiler alert for the first Psychonauts. Coach Oleander was kind of the bad guy of the first Psychonauts, but gets reformed uh, before the end of it. And <laughs> Raz is talking to Oleander about his plan for how they're going to handle the mole. And he's talking about, like, building death machines 
And he's like, should you really have access to death machines like this? He's like, Raz, I'm not going to take over the world. That was the old me. That was a long time ago. And Raz is like, that was three days ago. <laughs> when you think about how it's been 16 years since Psychonauts 1, but Psychonauts 2 really does take place right after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Unfortunately, no Psychonauts 2 on Spotify. That's unfortunate. But you know where Psychonauts 2 is? Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass. That's right. Um, I, one other thing I want to mention is the creativity. I don't know how the first one was or the VR is, but the creativity and what you're doing in the game. Obviously, the large part of it is like the the adventure platforming and the combat, but there are different sequences in here that are so fucking cool and they're so fun and they each stand out. Like there's uh, one area... Like the it's game a, is a three amazing game. level design. Yes, amazing level design. There's one where you 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 do this a few times. You go into this side scrolling 2D, and it's just X rays. And the whole point of it is so you're listening to some dialogue happening, but you're doing some platforming in this 2D X ray. And so the character uh, Raz gets shaded to black and. It was such a cool just departure from the rest of the game, which is 3D. They, they don't well, throw that away either. That 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 idea, not with X-rays, but with other things, comes back in other level levels. Yep, um, the, cards, the card suits race. Um, even more than that, uh, one of the more interesting ones, I think, is there's one that, that'll be coming up for you soon um, where it's a, you're inside a book. And, okay. um, like, the text is kind of falling, and the text is the platforms. That's cool. That's really it, cool, yeah. yeah. They play with some neat ideas. My favorite one so far, this is one of the last things I did last night before I went to bed, is the bowling ball mazes that yeah, you do in that yeah, game. Yeah, real good. Where, where basically um, you're standing on top of an oversized bowling ball and you have to navigate it through some twisting areas and some narrow walkways. And because of the game's fairly tight controls... I felt like I could do it without unfairly falling down or anything like that. And it was incredibly rewarding. Um, also, you're already kind of trained in how that works because one of Raz's fastest ways to get around is one of your abilities is literally balancing on a ball of psychic energy that controls exactly the same way. Yes, yes. That's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. That's a very good point to mention. The game does a really good job of onboarding you onto all the unique side stuff that you do in this game and it's all so much fun there's a uh this is a very small spoiler there is a cooking show you are a part of and it is a fun that's a great level too it's a oh. hectic it's frustrating in the best way possible um it's like it's like overcooked on crack <laughs> no it's not quite like that but um it's super fun yeah. Another, another one of my favorite and more fun characters in it who I think some of like the jokes around it are probably like a little bit lost on you and people that haven't played the first game. One of the other interns, Sam, mm. um, the clear whole reason for her to be there is her brother is one of the campers in the first game who does not make a return. The other the other campers from the original Psychonauts besides Raz and Lily. Um, and he was like a standout character that people loved and to okay. have him not be around. It's like, oh, his sister's here, though, and she's just as weird. OK, cool. Sam's the kind of shorter, pudgier she, one. Yeah, she's hanging out inside the uh, the pancake place in the questionable yes. area. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the animals that with, that sequence with the was, whale bit. That whale bit was also amazing too. Yeah, 
Lots of good stuff in this game. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention before um, we kind of shore up this topic is I did have a few technical issues with it. The game did shut off three separate times. Really? One of which was actually at that cooking sequence, uh, which really pissed me off. Um, That's crazy because I had none of that and all of my... Se- I was I would sit down and play this game for like six hours at a time. <laughs> Yeah, I play, I played for almost like twelve or fourteen hours straight yesterday, minus bathroom breaks or yeah, yeah. eating some food. Yeah, no. I'm wondering if maybe they pushed an update that kind of messed things up a little bit after I was already done because I, I didn't have any. I didn't have any of that. Maybe I don't know. My again, I'm ba- gaming on a base Xbox console. I don't know if that has anything. Oh to yeah, do that's with a it. good point too. Yeah, I was playing on PC. I yeah, I don't know if that Xbox version is a little bit different. I also had one hilarious glitch where. I was in the atrium of the mother lobe and I was looking at auto, which auto is this uh, machine that basically you up upgrade Raz and I came out of it and the entire screen was black except for the little purple plumes of smoke to like extract the currency. They were white. So I was navigating around using those, those uh, little plumes of smoke and uh, I couldn't get the screen to stop, so I actually had to back out and restart the game again. But <sighs> that sucks. But yeah, I mean, it was one time that that happened. So yeah, yeah, there there are some issues. I don't know if it's the base Xbox One or if it's the Xbox version. What it is, um, I've had a few small technical issues, but other than that, and actually a little bit of frame rate issues. I have had a little bit of frame rate issues. Um, I've, I've had none of that, but that's yeah, that's probably optimization on that version. Yes, it actually is very much harkens back to like PS2 type stuff, like where one cutscene is happening, and then for, because of the clipping, just like your characters kind of like looking and talking one way, and then all of a sudden they're on the other side of the screen looking a different way, talking. It's like you're very thing. much reminded me of like PS2, P, uh, PS3, Xbox 360 era of gaming. It's not bad. I mean, I'm used to it at this point, but I was like, oh, yeah, this used to happen all the time, (laughs) but uh, it it is a phenomenal game. I'm definitely going to keep playing it over the next few days before Tales of Arise comes out, because I know when that game comes out, I'm all in on that game, but uh, I we're going to be talking about it a little bit later in the polls when we get to that section. Uh, Not a lot of people have played this game. I think that is a fucking travesty uh rich had mentioned last week that this is going to be in one of his game of the this is going to be up there in his game of the year discussion it's definitely going to be appearing in game of the year discussion for me as well so yeah it's 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 truly fantastic and i've said probably on this podcast and i know i've said privately to shay like it's been so long and i love the original psychonauts so much i was kind of ready to be disappointed like there was a way i could never really live up to it and I don't think the the platforming design, uh, like the, the the pure level design, I don't think it hits the exact highs of the first game because there's some really standout shit in the first game, but it's more consistent and there's and everything is just so great. I I, I absolutely adore this game. Yep, yep, I agree. The creativity in this game, I've just like honestly, that is one of my biggest takeaways from my experience so far. And granted, it's all fresh in my mind is the amount of creativity in this game has been off the charts and i it made me really really miss the ps1 and ps2 
era of gaming where people were just taking chances on their creativity and studios were allowing um, companies and devs to do this kind of stuff. It's been insane. And it's not to say that those things don't exist now. Just obviously they don't exist as much in the bigger plat- uh, the bigger games like the AA and AAA and all that kind of stuff as much. Sure. And it, oh, I've just been blown away with the creativity of this game. And I hope that this game can get enough eyes on it and some de- future developers and current developers take some stuff away from this game and are like, let's try more creativity with it. It reminds, like, some, the, the different kinds and styles of what they're doing and level design reminded me actually a little bit of what remains of Edith Finch in some ways of just that level of creativity. And yeah, I hope, sure. I hope I hope more companies do this. This game has been so much fun, and I can't wait to finish it this week. But if if we weren't so busy all the time, I'd recommend you make the time to go back to the first one, which is also on Game Pass. Yeah, it's actually downloaded on my console. I do want to eventually get back around to it, even with having as much fun as this game. But Tales of Arise is dropping in four days, and, and I'll play that for a little bit, and then throw it in the trash when Judgment Zero comes out. I'm Lost Judgment, sorry. Judgment Zero is a totally different thing. Lost Judgment. No, Tales of Rise is, I think, going to be an amazing game. I'm going to get so sucked in. So, I'm ready for it. But That's Psychonauts 2. Uh, Here's your PSA. Play it if you have not played it. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Rich is going to talk about some Dodgeball Academia. It's a game that is also on Game Pass that um, I have downloaded, but I haven't made time to play it yet. I'm really curious and interested. Rich, take it away. Uh, yeah, so Dodgeball Academia, I've been I put maybe like four hours into this so far. I like this game quite a bit. It is a um, 2D, uh, very anime-inspired, sort of like com- comedy-driven RPG uh, where you are playing as Otto, a character who has gone to dodgeball school. Um, so you go to this place where sort of everybody has powers, um, that revolve around playing dodgeball. Um, you find out actually Otto has run away from referee school and his parents are very disappointed in him. Their, their family is born to be referees, but not Otto. He wants to be a dodgeball player. Um, (laughs) that reminds me of Psychonauts too. Raz runs away from his family who are circus performers. To become yes. a psychonaut. And boy, does it go places in Psychonauts 2 with Raz's family. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Otto gets there, and this game's just got flair and style. Because when I say it's like anime as hell, there's just so many weird characters that are just like, this guy's weird, and we don't have an answer for you. Like, this guy's a baboon, because he is. Um, one of your teammates is a guy named Balloony, whose head is a water balloon. Um, and his powers are all water and healing based. Better than being um, a head of baloney. That's true. That's very true. Uh, I, I like baloney a lot. I hate baloney, Rich. It's not a great it, meat. It's fucking disgusting. Certainly wouldn't be my top choice. It would be um, at the top five bottom of my choice. I hate baloney. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, baloney. no, it's all right. But yeah, the, the main loop of what you do in this game is you form a party. Right now, I have a total of four members. Three people can be active at once. You swap in and out. Battles are instant, and the battles are dodgeball matches. Everybody has HP and different abilities. Um, They throw the ball differently. Like, Otto has a straight shot, and his charge attack is a burst of flames that he throws the dodgeball with. Whereas, Baloney, his ball kind of moves in a swerving spiral, and it's slower. 
um, and he can do water-based damage as he levels up. I have a character who does, like, an electric shock damage. Uh, I fought a character named Vampy who has a very interesting power that when she throws the ball, it disappears, and you have to track it by its shadow if you want to catch it. Okay. Because obviously this being dodgeball, to avoid the damage with a timed button press, you can catch the ball um, and then just throw it back to avoid getting damage. Um, and like I said, charge shots are a big factor. It's This game's kind of crazy and fast-paced. It's three-on-three dodgeball matches at most. Um, there's different rules depending on the match. Like in, in certain match structures, one person's on the field at a time and you can tag in and out from your party members. In other match structures, all three people are on the field, and once you knock somebody out the, uh, on the other side, they appear behind you, and while they can't move from that spot, they're in active play. So if they catch a ball, they can then throw it. That That's like very Japanese-style rules. Like, Okay, that I, makes sense then, yeah. What One of the things that blew my mind when I started teaching here in Japan is they play dodgeball so differently than the U.S. Like, you, you put the amount of balls in the middle however many it is yeah there's one, a lot of that 10. too and sometimes then sometimes all... it's one sometimes it's it's 10 in this as well exactly yeah. right you sprint to the middle to try and grab as many balls for your teams as your team as possible and then you just throw them at each other and if you hit yep. somebody they're out if you hit them in the head you're out if somebody catches your ball you're out so on Granted, and so forth that's very different here because catching it doesn't knock someone out Everybody's no, no, no. Had, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, I'm saying that U.S. rules. That is U.S. rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- none of that is here. Like it's a, but this is very clearly more Japanese dodgeball. Well, that's and that's what I was gonna. I, I wanted to say really quickly yeah, is yeah, if you yeah. catch the ball in Japan that your opponent throws, you're not out. Or, or, sorry, the the other person who threw the ball isn't out. Nothing happens. You just switch possession for the team. There's one ball, sometimes two, in Japan. Um, and you have, you have the two teams in, in the, the center court area. And then you actually have a few members of the opposite team behind you. And you, it adds kind of this additional layer of strategy where I can throw to the people on the other side so they can try and hit you, or we can just keep throwing it back and forth, trying to get somebody out of position. And then when we get somebody out of position, you throw it at that out of position person. Um, so it adds a, like another dimension, essentially. Well, it's funny you say that too, because that sort of thought process comes in a lot in this game, because sometimes when you're squaring off in like a boss fight or something, a lot of my thought process has been like, okay, this guy's really fast. So it actually makes sense if we're like, be like, I have Balloony behind him. It makes more sense for me to try and throw it to Balloony and let Balloony attack him because he's not paying attention to him. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's something that I watch a lot of my students do. They'll just keep throwing it back and forth until somebody like makes a mistake, like gets out of position, doesn't get back to the opposite side fast enough, and then just chucks it. So and. And a lot of the variance comes in in how these characters play. Like, for example, one of my characters, Mina, she doesn't catch the ball like everybody else. Um, when you tap the catch button as Mina, she kicks the ball back at the person who's throwing it at her. I've and seen it some students do that here, too. It's crazy. So you get an immediate reaction from that, which is a very different play style. She's actually one of my favorite characters to play as for that reason. That's um, pretty cool, man. As you beat bosses and also encounter new party members, they also unlock for a versus mode which I have not gotten to try yet, which seems pretty straightforward as to what it would be, but it's cool that it's there. Um, it's like It almost feels like Pyre to me in that respect, where I'm like, that's not uh, the main yeah, thing in this game. I was wondering about that. 
but it's cool that they have that. Um, I have a quick question. And, so yeah, I've been on. thinking about this as you've been discussing the game. They So you basically have one team and you just build upon your team, right? Yeah. The, so, the, the core of the story is there is a big dodgeball tournament happening and a lot of stuff happens in between the tournament rounds. Mm-hmm. But like that is the driving force behind the main plot. Well, that's good because I know a lot of people in elementary school when we were in school, I don't know about the future generations, Gen Z and after. I know one of the big horrors there is like in PE class when the PE instructor was like, okay, you and you are captains, pick your teams. And then like you're dwindling down to the last few people who are unathletic or who don't like sports. You know, at least they didn't do that in this game where they make you like pick a lineup and then you feel bad because you're like, I guess I'll take you, Chet. Well, that that's actually funnily enough. That character in this game is very much Balloony, who I mentioned. Hmm. Like he initially joins your team just because you need at least three people to enter the tournament. Yeah, and he doesn't even believe in himself, and like to the point that he's just gonna stand on the sidelines the whole time. He just has to technically be on the team, but he's not gonna play. And yeah. eventually that changes. Um, That's cool that they but, kind of address that. Because I know that, that a lot of people kind of have some level of stress from dealing with that in their past, you know, in primary school. Yeah. Uh, but I mentioned to you earlier, there's a lot of Pokemon nods in this. Yeah. Um, and those come in the form of there's often times where you just walk past people on campus and they're like, our eyes met. That means we have to battle. And that's where you kind of get your experience from. There's straight up lines ripped from Pokemon, clearly an homage. Like the, I love wearing shorts. They're comfortable and easy to wear. Um, there's also an infirmary on campus that you can go to heal up your party at. And when you approach the counter, it literally makes the Pokemon noise. Oh, uh, that's from going awesome. To a Pokemon center in that's a very, awesome. very apparent uh, homage to that. Yeah. Uh, there's also food items and stuff you can buy that uh, you can use to incre- get your health back without going back to the infirmary. Mm. And there's actually an interesting system around that, that every character has likes and dislikes. Okay. Um, so if, if they dislike something, it'll heal for less than what the item says. If they like it, it'll heal for more. Uh, there's, okay. They can also hate and love stuff. Love is obvious. It brings it up like all the way. If they hate it, they will not eat it at all. That item just can't be used on that character. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, um, d- definite yeah. similarities there. Totally. And then there's um, there's two equipment slots per character that just give you sort of different bonuses, like an increased damage. Um, there's an item I have on auto now that I think is one of the best ones I have that is a skull necklace that it's basically the blood sword from Final Fantasy. You mm. get um, a percentage of health back for damage you're dealing. Uh, okay. So there's lots of different ways to build out your kit in that regard. And like I said, I just got my fourth character, and you can have three active in the party. So now I'm starting to think about party balance and how I um, how I like different characters. In fact, the character I just got, as I mentioned, Mina's rebuttal sort of being, um, instead of catching it, she kicks it back. This new character, she actually has a bat, and she has to charge up her sort of catch button beforehand but she mm. hits it back with like double force from the ball that was thrown at her okay interesting yeah like it sounds like there's a lot of creativity in how each character plays which yeah it does remind me a lot of pyre totally totally there is a definite like 
Otto is the most straightforward, like, he plays how you expect this game to play, and then from there, the characters just get different, and it's about sort of finding what you're comfortable with and forming the party you like. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that's I'm, I'm about four hours in. I, I definitely want to see this one through to the end. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to sit down and play a bunch of it in spurts. Is it a shorter or a longer game? I didn't look that up. I'm going to actually look up the time to beat right now because I've been curious myself and had every intention to. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I definitely want to check this game out. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, plus, it's from an indie developer, and people know how much we love indie games here. Can't get enough of indie games. Uh, so it looks like nine and a half hours, 11 and a half hours for extra, tw- 12 hours for completionists, so not terribly long. Not at all. I mean, you can knock that out in one Saturday afternoon. So or by that logic, day. I'm about halfway through it. Hey. Mazel tov. Or something. That's Dodgeball Academia. <laughs> there you go. And before we continue with the games, just a few quick reminders. If you head over to SwordChomp.com, you can get access to a lot more content from us, like more podcasts, articles that we write, merch, and a Patreon. The Patreon is especially important to us as we work really hard to provide additional content for you to, you know, enjoy and get deeper into the SwordChomp experience. And uh, we are completely listener funded. It's the only way that we um, monetize anything it helps us make more content, better content. So any money that you choose to donate to us goes immediately right back into the show so we can make more content for you. Um, and we actually just got some recent shows up on the Patreon. Uh, the Two Towers dropped recently, but I mean, that's on all feeds now at this point. We had a Black Widow discussion a few weeks back that was really fun. That is exclusive for patrons only. Um, we're going to try and start doing that a little bit more, little one-off Patreon-only exclusive podcast here and there. So if you're interested, please head over there and check it out. But uh, let's get back into the games now. Uh, Rich, you've been playing Splitgate, and you said this game's been out yeah. for a few years. Um, Didn't know anything about this game until recently. It's become the popular well, there's a reason for thing that. on Twitter. There's a reason for that. Um, I played Splitgate for the first time probably like three years ago or so uh, when I met the developers at PAX and played some of the early access builds. Uh, and I got into it early when it first launched. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it recently launched on console, which is why it's suddenly getting this big resurgence, which made me dive back into it um, on PC. And I'm really enjoying myself. So for anyone who doesn't under- know what Splitgate is, uh, Splitgate is a free-to-play multiplayer shooter that, if I could explain it to you in a nutshell what it is, it's Halo plus Portal, um, okay. which ends up being fucking awesome. So, it in feel, in tone, it is like Halo 2. It very much looks like that. A lot of the maps are clear homages to that, but throughout matches in Splitgate, um, there are sort of these blue panel walls. They're clearly walls that can, portals can be made on. And on each of your wrists, you have a, a portal gun. So um, I'm playing on uh, PC. So I have a portal tied to Q and a portal tied to E. And the idea is it's Halo, but there's portals. And the portals work the exact way they do in Portal. They look exactly like the Portal portals, except they're orange and purple instead of orange and blue. Mm. Um, and you can imagine the sort of fun that you can have with that. 
And when I say it is Halo, I mean every weapon is Halo. Every mode is Halo. There is That's a battle awesome. rifle that works like the the Halo battle rifle. Like, if you've played Halo, you'll understand how this game works. Um, Oddball is there. Uh, Team Shoddy Snipers is a mode. Uh, <laughs> like, all the Halo modes are there. It wears what it is on its sleeve, yeah. and I think, I think it shines for that. Um, there's a ton, ton of cosmetic options and stuff like that. So you can really shake up what your character looks like, but it's quick, it's fast paced. It's just like overwhelmingly fun. And I've just been diving back into it and I've just been playing casual for right now, but I am fucking cleaning up because I was always good at Halo and boy, does it feel good. Um, (laughs) good. Like when you get those oddball kills, it, it feels amazing. Oh, and a good, a good twist to their version of oddball since it is Halo with portals. As long as you are holding the oddball, you cannot make portals. Yeah, that makes sense. So you sense. have to rely on ones your teammates are lying out for you. You get bonuses for shooting people through portals and things like that. Mm. There's there's a lot of creativity with it. And and the thing I'm finding right now is I don't feel like usually people are using the portals to their full potential. Like, Interesting. Today I got a 25 kill streak hey. uh, in, a, in a team deathmatch because... Congratulations. On, it felt great. On I'm that, not being sarcastic. I'm being sincere. Yeah, but but it's because people aren't thinking with the portals enough. Um, on there's a map in uh, Splitgate called Atlantis, and the way this map is set up basically is when the match starts, each team is in a separate room that is then linked to a big circular chamber in the center. Right over each of these doors is a panel that you can make portals on. So as soon as the match starts, I make a portal in the one above their door. And then I make a portal on the wall behind me and then I shoot them in the back as they run out to get our team. <laughs> and they did this like four or five times before they realized what I was doing and that they should go a different way. <laughs> That's awesome. <coughs> it sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I, I mean, I was never a big portal fan. I was a big Halo fan. Um, do you feel like there is a level of imbalance with the, the portals or do you feel like it's well balanced? It's pretty. I haven't had a big problem where I felt like it's well balanced. I know a lot of people say, you know, sometimes there are like ample ways to watch your own back and stuff uh, with portals. I feel like most players aren't thinking that strongly with it that it, that it becomes a problem. But I, I see the potentiality for that to happen. But it's potentiality. just potentiality. <laughs> I see the potential for that to happen. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> it's uh, okay. It's okay. Just making up words. It's all good. Um, but yeah, there, there's also things people lapse on, like which I think is a good, a good idea in there. Uh, you can close an enemy portal by throwing a grenade into it. But mostly, at like that base level, as I'm learning it more, like eventually, eventually you get kind of creative with the portal type kills that I was doing. Um, but mostly, I'm using portals as like a quick escape. Like I immediately throw up a portal near my spawn when I start. And then if I need to get out of there quick, this way I can throw up a portal, run through, and close it if I'm being chased. Mm. And just kind of get some distance. Um, There's nothing funnier than watching, because sometimes there's flat, like, floor-based surfaces you can get a good portal on. There's nothing funnier than watching someone manage to kill someone by dropping them through a portal to their death. It's it's just hilarious, Mm, Uh, though it is a rarity. Sounds fun as fuck, dude. Is is it free, or how much does it cost? It's free to play. Is it on consoles? It's on consoles, yeah. I'm gonna have to give it a try. I, I I recommend you check it out. I've been playing. It, I've been trying to get a couple matches in a day at least, um, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I got some in when I woke up this morning. Yeah, I I always want to do that, but then like I I get a, 
addicted to like the daily challenges and stuff like i was doing that with pokemon unite for a little bit i just play a few few matches here and there to just like hit the daily challenges and stuff and then i was starting to get really addicted to growing in ranks and hitting everything and i was like yeah i gotta put it down but yeah understandable but man, man this one's fun i'm gonna have to download Split it Gate's pretty cool check it out okay hypercharge unboxed is the last game we're going to be talking about today rich this is also a game that you played um what is hypercharge unboxed it's a bad title is what it is um yeah i'd say I, so i probably played the least of this but i did enjoy what i played of it this just recently came out in early access um it is a multiplayer shooter uh but i think the aspects that are better are the sort of like horde mode cooperative stuff um, there is a death match in it, but I don't really like the time to kill in that. So I, I much prefer the wave-based cooperative mode. Okay. Um, so the setting for Hypercharge Unbox is all the levels are like bedrooms or like outside and stuff, and you're playing as action figures. Okay, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah. There's tons of cosmetics to unlock that are fucking amazing. So, like separated by like series of action figures so there's like series that are like okay this is clearly like the he-man type figures and then there's like tmnt type stuff and gi joe and just different aesthetics to go for Mm. um but not only are the maps creative because you're obviously playing inside like a child's bedroom or the backyard of a house or something but the enemy types in the wave-based horde mode got way more creative than i expected so in in the wave-based horde mode you are protecting three batteries in the level and you can build structures around them in the rounds before by expending a certain resources. So you can drop, like, glue to slow down in the approach, or you can make, like, a wall of Legos to obstruct it that they have to break down first. Stuff like that. Um, this looks fun as fuck. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> and what what I didn't expect was first wave comes, and, like, the first time I'm playing, and it's, like, oh, generic, like, robot action figures you got to shoot. That's neat. I get to the third round. Dude, it's all fucking Beyblades. We're just shooting Beyblades that are, like, spinning through the air and charging at us. Like they, That is amazing. There's really neat ideas in this game, um, and it's got a hell of a cool look to it. It very much looks inspired by army men and toy soldiers. Very much so. Very much so. But it gets a little more creative with it, I think, because of the sheer, like, amount of different toys it, yep. it pulls from. Yep. Are you playing on PC or Switch? I, I am on... I didn't even realize it was on Switch. I'm playing on PC. Cool. I'm probably gonna pick that up on Switch then. If you if you get into it on Switch, I could be tempted to pick it up again because I got it at like sixty percent off on PC, so I wouldn't even feel bad at, about uh, picking it up elsewhere. Yeah, that game looks fun as hell. Like, talk about nostalgia. Like watching just like a forty second video. I was like, fuck, I want to yeah, play this. It's got a hell of a look to it, and like I said, some of those cosmetic options are great. Like I'm playing as like a reptile man that is clearly supposed to be like, oh, this is the TMNT joke of of mm. this series. Like yeah. it's it's got a it's got a distinct look and it's it's really fun. Dope, yeah. Definitely gonna have to pick that up. That immediately looks like something I would love. So cool. I'm glad you told me about that game. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere from me. I saw some people talking about it uh, post, like, Gamescom and stuff, and I was like, oh, let me check this out, and it happened to be on sale uh, for, like, 60% off when I did check it out, so I was like, well, that sounds good to get it. Gats to get it. Cool. Well, we'll report back in when you and I have played more of that game, because, yeah, I'm keen on That sounds great. Cool. All right, we're going to take our second and final break. And then we're going to come right back with some social media polls and the Patreon question of the week. Don't you go anywhere. We're coming right back at you. Be right back. 
Have you been playing video games for so long that you haven't met a lucky lover yet? Has your significant other been displeased with your sexual performance because you are more focused on a raid rather than thinking about their body? Are you tired of not bringing gaming into the bedroom? Well, fear no longer. Introducing Poppin, the first gaming boner pills. Pop one of these bad boys into your mouth and rise to the occasion. Shaped like your favorite gaming characters, such as Sonic. Gotta go fast. Kirby, who we all know is good at swallowing. Pikachu, who will shock your lightning rod into gear. And many more iconic characters. We here at Sword Chomp know the struggles that can happen in the bedroom. I, Rich Meister, was one of those people. Whenever I bring a decently attractive person home, well, at least they looked attractive when I was drunk. I couldn't stay hard. I kept thinking, one more run to level up, just one more. Games were pulling me from my sexual experiences, but no longer. We created these pills to help the average gamer get it up and stay where the action is. Now you can order yours at swordchomp.com slash store, and you too can see if you can beat your high score in the bedroom. Side effects may include perineum numbness, amnesia, daddy issues, overwhelming desire to mansplain, ear fingers, disappearing urine, and more. Swordchomp cannot be held liable if the customer has medical problems while taking Poppin. Please consult a physician before taking Poppin, or don't because we're not your mother. If you have a boner for more than four hours after using Poppin, just keep having sex until it goes away. Hey, we're back. Thanks so much for waiting for us. We're going to do some uh, social media stuff to round out the back end of the show. Uh, we're going to start with our Patreon question of the week. Uh, this is uh, something that I've been intermittently doing, poll, Patreon polls and questions of the week. Um, I was inspired this week because, you know, the back end of my summer was spent suffering through COVID. And um, I got to play a lot of games that I, haven't, that I hadn't played that I had been wanting to play. And it really helped me get through COVID. And I was really appreciative of it. So it kind of inspired this question of this week, which was, what has gaming meant to you the past eight months? Has it provided a safe space, distressed, fun activity with a loved one? I was kind of curious. Um, we got our Patreon and good friend Tawny, who said, honestly, all of the above. I played Tetris Effect, Forza Horizon 4, and Stardew Valley to unwind and to just chill. I've played games like Mario Kart, Streets of Rage, Fortnite, and Warzone to hang out and talk shit with friends. Very good games. I've played games like Ickenfell. Yes. Spider-Man Spider Miles Morales. I know that one. And you'll love this one most. Persona to enjoy a great story. Yeah. A man after my own heart. That's right. It provided me with a whole slew of things to talk about with friends, both in real life and within the community. Fun discussions and recommendations. It really has been a fixed thing in my life that was unaffected by the state of the world and all the stress that brought us. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this year has kind of felt like a redux version of last year in a lot of ways. And the first part of the year was so slow, and now it's just cranking at an unimaginable speed. But uh, gaming has been the one constant, one of the constants throughout the past year and a half of what we've all been dealing with. So I'm incredibly appreciative for gaming and having this podcast that we have. Totally. Yeah, Tony, thanks for that awesome message, dude. That's yeah, perfect. Um, I'm gonna try and start getting more consistent with that again starting this week. That way, 
um, we can have more comments because I think a, a lot of people didn't probably see that in the 24 hours that was on the private Instagram. So you now let's get to the social media polls on Instagram. Every Tuesday at Sorchomp on Instagram, you can vote on the polls and your vote matters because we discuss it on the show. We discuss all sorts of stuff, mainly gaming, some other nerdy and other various topics as well. First poll, a few video game reviewers and reporters have gotten their hands on Elden Ring and say that Sekiro has been a massive influence on it. Um, There's a lot of details. You can go read the various articles that have been posted. Do you like when games show their influence? 57% of people say that they love it. And 43% of people said it depends on how much games show their influence. Where do you kind of fall in that, Rich? Uh, I think a split gate is a great example of it. I, I think that there's a good balance and it depends on the game, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Also, I think Elden Ring is a weird example for that because it's the same people making the game. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But, um, I, I, yeah, I just, I want to say that. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. It's the same company, but, um, even then I feel like if you are the same company making different games and you're kind of using a lot of influence there it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see that as well but but from doesn't make different games they make the same game over and over again (laughs) (laughs) fair point fair point but yeah i mean the point stands like if if a game is ripping off another game and it's blatantly ripping it off then yeah i'm not a part of that i can't think of any examples off the top of my head few and far in between but um i love when games are inspired and show their influences for sure yeah absolutely and even if a game is very similar, like we ta- last week we talked about A Link to the Past, and there's a series called Ease. Uh, it's a pretty famous series in Japan. There's a game called Ease the Vanished Omens that came out for the Sega Master System, which was very, very much clearly inspired by the first two Zelda games. I'm fine with that because they made it their own despite being so heavily influenced. I'm okay with that. As that Zelda 2 shopkeeper would say, I am error. <laughs> and as the Zelda shopkeeper would say in Link's Awakening, I caramba. I caramba. <laughs> e- eat my shorts. R- wrong one. So oh, sorry. <laughs> the uh, second poll, the devs are going to be live streaming about the Dead Space remake today. And that's at the time that this poll was posted. Are you going to be tuning in? of people said, ready for space zombies. 45% of people said, nah. Did you tune in, Rich, or no? Not while it was happening. I I watched the footage later, though. That game looked purdy. I haven't seen the footage yet. I Actually, after I posted that poll, I completely forgot to watch the footage. Dude, that, it looks so fucking good. It's one of those things where, like, the original Dead Space had to play with darkness to, like, build an atmosphere, but also make up for, like, render distance. Um, this just gets so, so much a more next gen use of like ambient lighting where you can see all the way down these like narrow passages, but like they're dimly lit in that right sort of creepy way. Um, That's dope. It looks really good. Did they just so they, visually, obviously? Yeah, because they're remaking it. Did they talk a lot about any like major changes to the story or anything like that? I gotta be honest with you, I didn't watch the whole thing, I just watched the footage they showed. Okay, okay. I'll have to check it out then later this week. Um, and if you watched it, uh, you out there, uh, let us know when we post about the show going up what you thought. 
Uh, next poll. Psychonauts 2 has been out for almost a week at this point. Now almost two weeks. Have you been playing this gem? 17% of people said you know it. And 83% of people said not yet. And uh, You disgust me. I, I'm not su- <laughs> I'm not surprised. But um, yeah, like Rich said, I'm disgusted. This game is so fucking good. Worth it's a cult classic, kids. It should be more than a cult classic with how amazing. Like, I was impressed with how much detail is put into the game. So, I could have went so much. We could have went so much more into that game, but we don't want to get into the nuance of jerking the game off too much. We'll jerk it off there. Yeah, exactly. We'll jerk it off at the game of the year stuff. We'll we'll jerk it off psychically. Hmm. Hmm. But no, this game, seriously, worth your time. I know. I know there are a lot of games coming out right now. There's a lot of stuff happening in the gaming world. Um, and it is a, a bit longer of a, a game than I expected it to be. But I promise you, you will have some fun. If you like action games, adventure games, uh, platforming games, even the combat is pretty fun in this game. You it's can be up until t- 4 a.m. three nights in a row like me to get to the end. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to end up being there tonight. So we'll see what happens. Uh, next, the Tales of Arise demo dropped, and it was a wonderful experience. It drops in about 10 days. Actually, it drops in about four days now. Interested? 52% of people said need the anime story, and 48% of people said piss off. That hurts. Not at all. But um, one thing, if you're kind of on the fence about this game, that I will say, if you haven't tried the demo, if you've kind of been interested a little bit, but you're like, eh, is it too anime for me? Is it too long for me? Uh, the devs and creators have talked about this is going to be the most streamlined main experience that they've created to date. They want this to be the game that onboards people into the series. Uh, they've made a lot of the systems easier to manage and understand. They really want people to get in on this game. So if you've always wanted to check out the Tales games but have kind of been intimidated by them, this is probably going to be the game to get in on. They're using Unreal Engine 4 to make it as graphically impressive as other AAA games. They are really trying to make this game prominent in people's minds. So I'm really excited for it. i got to be honest with you, Jay. I have every intention of getting to Tales of Arise. I also really want to play No More Heroes 3. I, hey, that's understandable, man. I mean, like I just said uh, with the Psychonauts talk, there are a lot of games coming out. So it's hard to want to focus on one, but Tales of Arise is where I'm going to be because after that demo, I'm completely sold. So I was curious. I was curious if other people felt the same way. It's, I'm glad I'm not alone. Seems like it's a good split. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good split. Blastoise was added to Pokemon Unite. It's about damn time he gets some love. I always feel like he gets he gets a fair amount of love. I actually think that Venusaur is the one that gets the least amount of love. But um, yeah, Blastoise being added this late into Pokemon Unite was a little bit perplexing to me, but I'm glad he's getting the love he deserves. 92% of people said Turtle Power. 8% of people said Blastoise is lame. Which I was like, what the fuck? Blastoise pretty cool. Blastoise is he's pretty a, cool. He's a turtle what got cannons. Yeah, well, what more do you want? I can't think of anything. 
I think oh, he's wow. probably the best turtle slash tortoise Pokemon that they're that they have. I, I, there are not too many of them, but um, I like Torterra. <laughs> yeah, he's cool too. He's cool too. There are there are a lot of cool turtle and tortoise. I also Pokemon. like Torkoal. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty cool. Actually, you're right. You're right. There have been a lot of cool turtle and tortoise Pokemon, but I still think Blastoise is the best one. Maybe because he was the first. Yeah, um, I posted about this on um, the Instagram's story for the poll. There's a picture of Animal Crossing doing a crossover with, I believe it was Puma. They're doing a crossover for shoes. Uh, the back is kind of this turquoise sea, sea green-ish color. There's white in the middle, and then the front um, wraps around the toe box is this light blue, almost kind of, not quite azure, but um, obviously... It's very much the color scheme of like Tom Nook's shirt from yes. Horizons. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And uh, my question was, these Animal Crossing shoes are straight fire. I actually like them a lot, and I don't even... I like the color scheme. I don't even like Animal Crossing. And I said, I love the crossover branding. 50% of people said, I need a pair. 50% of people said, I'm not really into game swag. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that lines up. I think that, you know, there are some people that like to not wear their their hobby right on the cuff other people who don't even give a shit about that, but I love the colorway of those shoes, even though I'm not a big Animal Crossing fan. You know, like a monster. Yeah, you know, we all got our our things. But do do those shoes entice you at all? Yeah, they're nice looking shoes. They're nice looking shoes for sure. They're pretty. I wouldn't I say like a good sneaker. I wouldn't necessarily say clean because I think they have like little Animal Crossing symbols on them, but they're definitely unique looking, and I like that colorway so much. For sure. Um. The last poll we did, and this is the poll that uh, actually bothered me the most with the results. Ted Lasso has taken the world by storm. Have you been enjoying this delightful show? 34% of people said it's so good. And 66% of people said nope, not yet. And here's what I'm going to say right now. Steal it. That show is a must watch in 2021 it is so sucks that it's on apple tv fucking good i mean yeah it sucks that it's on apple tv but there are other good shows on apple tv as well it's so good it's worth your time i've already watched the like the two seasons granted it's a season and a half at this point twice now i'm probably gonna watch it again two or three more times before the year ends i love this show it's great um it like where, where we were talking about mental health with psychonauts too earlier this mm-hmm. show does such a good job with it approaching that topic it approaches a lot of topics really well um there's i don't even know where to start to gush about this show i've i love it like i love the lighthearted nature of everything it, it's um it's from one of the creators slash writers of Scrubs and Cougar Bill Town Lawrence. and Spin City. Yes, yeah, Bill Lawrence. Um, there's a lot of writing being done by Jason Sudeikis and fuck, I can't, I can't believe I forgot the other actor's name. Uh, the guy who plays Coach. Um, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of joint writing done in that in that writing room by those guys, and then the guy who plays uh, Roy Kent. 
He does a lot of writing as well. So there's Brett Goldstein and Brendan Hunt. Coach Beard is Brendan Hunt and Brett Goldstein, who is Roy Kent. There's a lot of collaborative writing in there. And it really shows on screen that everybody kind of has a voice in the show and is helping make the show. Um, yeah. On top of that, the show is about football in the UK. And a lot of the actors that they have are actually really good at soccer, played soccer at various points in their life as well. So it adds some kind of like credibility on screen. They aren't just using movie or TV magic to entirely to make but also this I- so- Go ahead. But also, I don't think it's 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 one of those things. Weirdly enough, where like I was talked into it, but like you don't really need to know a lot about uh, football to watch the show. Mostly because like m- one of its big conceits at the start is like that whole fish out of water thing with like an American who doesn't know anything about this coming to be a part of this organization. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it's it actually is uh, it approaches that subject very well too in a very humorous way. Uh, it's very humorous. I'm constantly laughing at the show. It's very uh, beautiful in a lot of the subjects it tackles. And it's also very, very harrowing in some of the subje- subjects it tackles. Divorce, mental health, uh, ego, which has been one of the big things. Relationship struggles, obviously, which is something most of us can relate to. It's a, yeah, it's a stellar show. That The cast is phenomenal. Um I've been watching interviews with the cast and just how much they enjoy being around each other. The one thing that shocked me is I was watching actually an interview this morning with Jason Sudeikis and um, the other guy whose name I already just (laughs) forgot again. How did I forget his name? Uh, The guy who plays Coach Beard. Um, They were talking about the show is supposed to only be three seasons and that crushes me. Because I would love that show to go on for like a five-year span. I think yeah, that but it'll be probably the be better that it doesn't overstay its welcome if they have an ending in mind. That's true too. That's true too. They 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 said there might be a fourth season if there's enough there and they're talked into it kind of thing. But pretty much the feeling is it's going to be three seasons and that's it. Which I hope that there's some way that that can change with writing or something because it's very much like to me it's like scrubs where if you watch scrubs that cast just feels so connected and it's lightning in a bottle and that's what's happened with this show too that the cast that they have on screen is amazing i look forward to every character being on screen it, it with the exceptions being like if something narratively is happening and some a character's being a little obstinate or a little bit um, not as chipper or not as helpful as they should be. You don't you don't necessarily look forward to those moments, but you you want to see them through, kind of thing. It's it's difficult to describe without adding spoilers, but um, totally, yeah, loving the show. Great show. I hope everybody watches because yeah. Bill Lawrence, everything he touches is just fucking gold. That dude is... He's got hes got his finger on the pulse when it comes to creating wonderful TV. And uh, Yeah, no, there's, there's a magic there for sure. Yeah, it's th- there's a reason why it's blowing up right now, and I'm telling you, worth your time. But um, I, I honestly... <laughs> 
Cyrich, I would say that watching that TV show is even worth more of your time than playing Psychonauts 2, just because I'm Or you disagree. Yeah, Psychonauts 2 is amazing, but um, Ted Lasso is amazing-er. Amazing-er. Just going to let that one swim for you. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Anyways, that's going to wrap up our show. I mean, I don't really... Think do we miss anything, Rich? I don't think we missed anything. No, we na- you nailed it, man. We nailed it, much like you keep getting nailed in the face by wet panties in New York. But uh It's <laughs> a unique problem to have. It's the best problem? I don't know if I can say that. It's it's a problem. Sure. Or it's a solution, depending on uh how you view it. But we're gonna be back next week uh with some more gaming talk with a new topic with some polls voted on by you uh we want to say thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us um and continuing to listen to us interacting with us whether it's through instagram twitter our discord anything like that thank you so much um really means the world to us and if you like have any suggestions that you want to give us uh write us an email at swordchomp at gmail.com or dm us on the social media we always love to hear new suggestions things we should play anything of that nature um you're all the best thank you rich for being here from new york city new york um i was your host shay from japan we will be back next week be safe out there unclench your jaw right now if it's clinched um drink some water if you haven't drank some water in a while and uh we'll be back next week love you all very much take care bye-bye bye-bye now